I was chasing these guys through the fucking mountains and a bit of a scrap and called a 500 pound bombing, that landed. I had a report from the aircraft, give me a readout on that. Yeah, yeah, they're all dead. Uh, right, okay, I'll go and sweep up and, yeah. and make sure. And as I'm crawling up this fucking big hill yeah. towards the blast site, yeah. my fucking bell bugs all shaly and, and stones. And um, I get the old big beam of death comes down from the drone um, and from the aircraft, uh, an infrared. They're sparkling something to say, Psh, there's something there. And I get the old huh, heebie jeebies, hair on the back of the neck. Yeah. The fuck? And they're like, there's movement to your front. And I'm in a really vulnerable position here on a forward-facing slope, climbing up a hill. Like I drop down, like mixing bursts over my head, scrapping. I'm laid on my sort of side and yeah. front. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next thing, grenades coming over, landing next to my head, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm your host Dodge and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and the revolutionary event crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. You may know Anthony Stazica as a DS from the SAS Who Dares Wins, the Channel 4 hit series. One of the main leaders in the SBS for many years, Stazza stormed compounds, come under heavy enemy fire on a daily basis and cleared buildings single-handedly. He has spent 10 years in the Special Forces and three years as a Chief Sniper Instructor and Demolitions Expert. He was awarded the Afghanistan Campaign Medal, Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal and the illustrious Conspicuous Gallantry Cross. He is literally a real-life hero and has returned to civilian life as a successful entrepreneur with a fantastic business through dark. Here's the eventful life of Mr. Anthony Stazica. Let's get cracking. Let's roll yep. all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you get into the military? Um, so I guess fuck, I'll take you uh, yeah right from the from the start and we'll work our way down like most northerners we find our way, way on, the, down. on the fucking <laughs> south coast and we never go back up the way <laughs> no, do we? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was born born in Wigan, uh, Lancashire. Uh, still got a lot of family up up that way as well. Um, parents uh, together um, had a, a fairly decent upbringing. You know, some um, lower to middle class. You know, um, both parents worked. Um, I had an older brother, an older sibling. Um, and I just remember being out all the time, having a good time, uh, always out in the fucking fields, playing football, scrapping, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that took me to about, you know, school age about nine. That's when my parents split up. Mm. And we, myself, my brother and my mum relocated then to Nottingham or Mansfield okay. in particular. Yeah. And it was around about that stage, obviously, new environment. We had an arsehole of a of a, a stepdad. He was just a fucking bit of a bully. Uh, we didn't like him, didn't get on with him too well. And obviously, probably on reflection now, since I'm a bit older, we'd probably give him a hard time mm -hmm. as well. Probably didn't mm -hmm. make life easy for him. So it's probably probably a two-way street. Did you did you move in as a family with yeah. him? So, so it was we, his house? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if okay. it, whether it was bought together or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. however that was sort of financed. But we relocated there. We moved into a new house together as a new family unit 
And with that comes the struggles and the pains of a kid and you're still trying to find your feet. Yeah. You're trying to fucking fit in mm. new school into sort of uh, middle school and into secondary school and, and everything else. So that was about nine. And then that went on for a couple of years, sort of adjusting to the new environment, new schools, plenty of scrapping, trying to yeah. get, find your pecking order yeah, within yeah, the school, yeah, as yeah, most fucking yeah. kids do. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want to get bullied and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So... Picked up sport quite late on football. So I started getting into football. It was all rugby, rugby yeah. up north. So it was all rugby league. Yeah. Uh, that got been sort of turned up in Nottingham. We're like, where the fuck's all the rugby posts? Yeah. There, was, there was none. Nothing, it was all yeah. football. So <laughs> kind of forced down into that route. So I started quite late with the football, about 10 years old, 11. Joined a local team and played for school. Mm. Uh, and kind of started putting all my energy and effort into that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that was going all right. Um, and then fuck around about the age of... 11 so a couple of years in sort of just settling in mm. that's probably when the my biggest sort of slap in the face happened and and my real kind of um um my darkest times really as a kid and, and still now to some extent but that's when my my mum passed away so and it was sudden as well at the time we were up north with like visiting my dad so we was we, yeah. with him for the weekend and we got the phone call Sunday night. My mum had had a brain hemorrhage. So it was wow. fucking, it was instant. How old was she? 36. Wow. Fucking my age, you know, wow. you know she's a year younger. So had a really bright career. She repositioned herself in, in, in a bank, was working. At, I didn't know at the time, but we found, since found out she was also doing a law degree at the time. So she was grafting mm. like fuck. Probably, mm. you know, might have been a contributing mm. factor. Who knows? Mm. Um, so our world fucking was... Yeah. turned upside down, you know, w within the matter of, you know, an evening. So we drove back down to Nottingham. She's in hospital. She's, you know, in ICU, um, in a coma, induced coma, you know, on a ventilator. And it was, you know, we had a few days of this sort of in the hospital back and forth. And, and the decision was made to, to turn, you know, turn the ventilator off and, and, and essentially end her life. And mainly because the, the damage, I think, was 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 that extreme and to that much extent with her brain even if she did make it out the other side it, it, it wouldn't have been you know anything of a quality of life you know arguably mm. so fuck our world changed you know and it was shit now we're here we're in Nottingham we're with a you know the stepfather that we don't fucking like yeah. um and again on reflection now looking back it must have been a shit time for him as well yeah, you yeah. know he's just lost you know, our mum as well. Mm. So he's going through all this stuff. Mm. He's got two fucking kids that are just fucking turned upside down, inside yeah. out. And yeah, I guess it was a difficult fucking time because we were then trying to go back into school. And at that age, you don't want the fucking drama. Yeah. You know, you just don't want the, the spotlight on yeah. you. Yeah. So my way of dealing with it was just, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. And, and, and I want to ignore the situation. And anybody that was sort of trying to speak, I'm not fucking, I don't want to yeah. talk about it. Just leave me alone. I want to get back into school, back into football. Yeah. So I kind of put all my energy and effort into mm. into football mm. uh, and concentrating on sport, really. Mm. So, yeah, that was a hard time from there, moving through sort of secondary school. And I think I used, I was angry about it as well. I was fucking, I was pissed off. Yeah. I was, I didn't understand why. You know, you go through those emotions of, yeah. fuck, why me? Why yeah. has this fucking happened to me? Mm. And, and what have we done? And, you know, but I, I sort of channeled that energy and that anger, really. Mm. I had a fucking fire in my belly yeah. from there, from then on in. And, you know, um, just moved and channeled that all into sport and football. And then mm. I started getting pretty good at football. Yeah. So I started kind of, and actually it's fair to say at this point, my grandparents, so my mother's parents, yeah. um, moved down okay. to Nottingham. They bought, uh, sold up all their place up there, bought a small bungalow yeah. uh, in the local village. And me and my brother moved in with those, uh, with, with them. At what know? age? Uh, 
at 12, 11, okay. 12. So, not so you, got straight out, you got straight away from the stepdad, straight away from the grandparents. Yeah, it, okay. was, it, was, it wasn't super abusive, but it was. It was physical, yeah. some stuff, you know, grabbing us and just making it uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't a good environment to be mm. in as a kid. I remember being really unhappy, mm. um, sort of living in that environment. Well, did you have an older, how old was your brother? Yeah, he's two and a half years two and a half, okay. older. Okay. And he had to fucking step up to the plate, yeah. you know. And I, can, I remember him rolling around on the floor with him, scrapping. Yeah. He's 13, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, rolling yeah, around yeah, yeah. Fucking, when adult. Fucking adult, yeah, and 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 you know, giving it to me and protecting me yeah. essentially. So moved in with the grandparents, and and that's weird, you know, yeah. to be a young yeah. kid yeah. to move in with your grandparents. Yeah. That's a, again, it's a completely different um, environment. So it, it, it takes adjustment. It gets mm. you, you know. But my fucking grandparents, you know, you know, bless them. They're, they're amazing people. And looking back now as well, what a, a selfless act that yeah. was as well. To give up everything, their life, their their friendship groups up in Wigan, yeah. you know, the property, everything like that. They moved down, lock stock, everything to, to raise me and my brother. And give you a lot of love, I'd imagine. Fuck, yeah. yeah. Um, the love was weird. It was different. It was old school yeah. kind of grandparents love. Yeah, yeah, so you never yeah, have a yeah, hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never tell you they love you. Yeah. But, but you know it's there. But it was that stability that we wanted probably and needed at yeah. that age. So... Moving on from that, my granddad, you know, kind of took me under his wing, old school gentleman values, mm. which, which which have probably rubbed off as well, you know, being respectful to people mm. uh, and understanding that you've got to fucking graft, work mm. hard. I kind of got a lot of that from him, sort of um, probably the hard way at the time as a kid. Now yeah. I want to do this. And, yeah. you know, you're getting pulled all, in all different directions. Mm. You just want to go out, sit on the park, drink mm. fucking hooch or mm. hooch. <laughs> fucking <laughs> li white lightning. White lightning, like yeah. Gavin <laughs> Benders. And I did a bit yeah. of that. But yeah. for me, the football was the main focus. And yeah. he really channeled me and, and helped me. And, you know, he, he took me to every game, Brilliant. every training session. At the time I was playing with a, a, a associated to a professional club, like yeah. Mansfield Town. So yeah. it was training two, three times a week, yeah. you know, uh, playing, you know, one, once a week as well. So mm. a big commitment time-wise. But and the school stuff as well, playing mm. school football and then playing for the county, Nottinghamshire. And then later on, you know, sort of representing England schoolboys oh, nice. uh, and a few other teams as well. That what associated age group was that? Um, 16, 16, 16, 17. What position were um, it depended who I was playing for. Oh, really, yeah. but <laughs> if it was, well, oddly enough, I'm only fucking two foot nine <laughs> on a good day. But I played centre back, but more of like a sweeping okay. sort of role. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like a must fucking, have had gas, though. like a salmon mate. Salmon, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, so it was fast. You know, we yeah. picked up stuff, and yeah. and then from there, depending on where I was, if I was playing for the county team, maybe central midfield. Yeah. You know, just fucking the engine room mm. running around. I can put all the tackles in. Could do yeah. anything decent with the ball, but yeah. I could fucking tackle harder. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and get stuck get in. Stuck in yeah. yeah. Um, and then for England schoolboys, it was more of like a right wing back role. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was all going well. And I, and for me as well, I'd put all my energy, effort, fucking eggs in that football yeah. basket. And it was at the time when the football clubs were going through, especially the lower divisions. At the time, it was Division One, Division yeah, Two members, right, so yeah. one, two, three, yeah. and then conference. And I think Mansfield at the time were let's say Division Three, yeah. something along those lines. But um, I was doing really well. I was captaining. I was captain of Nottinghamshire team of that team, and it was all. Yeah, you're laid on here. Yeah. You're doing really well. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to get in a, at the time a, a, cool. a, a, a YTS, yeah. an apprenticeship, yeah. uh, for argument's yeah. sake. Um, they all went into liquidation. Yeah. All those fucking yeah. lower league teams <laughs> were having a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they were like, look, liquidation, yeah. we, we can offer you a contract, but we can't pay you as a YTS scheme. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. But at that stage, I was getting interest from other clubs, mm. you know, uh, Leicester, Fulham. I went and mm. ended up going for Fulham for quite a while. Yeah. Um, at the time, we're Premier, you know, you know yeah, top league, yeah, yeah, Premier League. So and, and training really well. So I kind of mm. went to London for maybe six, six to eight weeks, yeah. and I was training really fucking hard. 
and the best I'd ever trained as well. And I slotted straight Brilliant. into this little team because you know what it's like. You turn up in a dressing room, you play fucking yeah. professional sport. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, "Where do you play? Yeah. What position you yeah, fucking yeah, play?" Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was fucking right back. It was like, "Oh, so we've not <laughs> got a right days. back." Yeah, so happy days. I was kind of welcomed in, yeah, happy which time. was good. Yeah, um, and I welcome. You know, it was good. It was good for me. So. But I was away at that time. That was the first step, time I'd really been away from home mm. and had that feeling of... Like, what know, age are we talking here? My granddad's um, 16, 17. 16, okay. So that, had, you, had you dealt with any of the pain from losing your mum no. at the age of 16? Had you dealt with anything? No. Or were you, also, were you just suppressing it and the going, way, I need to put the energy into my football? That's the way that yeah, I dealt okay. with it. That is 100% the way I dealt mm. with it. And I didn't even really talk to it, yeah. talk about it yeah. to my brother yeah. or my grandparents or wow. how are you feeling? And it was maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Things have changed now, yeah. haven't they? There's more sort of access to information and Absolutely. more. Absolutely. There's um, Google. <laughs> Google. We never read that, did we? <laughs> we have any of that. We had Snake, 52. Snake, yeah. <laughs> we don't have any of that shit. So, I, I, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk yeah. about it. Okay. I, I just wanted to fucking, you know, yeah. just suppress it mm. and, um, so yeah, no, I didn't you know, mm. to answer your question. So at that at that stage, being away, it was the first time I'd been away from it. You know, my granddad being there as, as that rock, yeah. that support unit, and sort of always. I should love after the game, post game, fucking granddad. Just about yeah, 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 yeah. There's no one realer than your fucking yeah, granddad. Absolutely, telling you how it is. How yeah. did I do? Yeah. Shit, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, again. <Chin> up. Fuck's <laughs> sake, you know, you did this, but no, it was all good. Yeah. Um, it didn't work out at, at Fulham, you know, at the time, um, I, I tra the best I've ever trained, everything was lining up, the stars were aligning, mm. and I was like, I'm fucking in it. And yeah. all the reporting back that I was getting from the coaches was fucking yeah. really impressed, keep going. And I went away, um, we broke for a, a, a few weeks for um, out of season. It was like, right, go home, don't do anything stupid. Don't fucking play football, <laughs> don't you know what I mean? Just <laughs> look after yourself, look after your body, train, yeah. but be careful. Yeah. And fucking mentalist here i used to love motocross as well so my i, I loved football yeah. but what i really loved and was passionate about was was motorbikes okay. for some reason it gave me that sense what, of scrambling yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like scrambling there was yeah. a real good place near us called the desert or in, you could literally you used to get on the little one two five i can yeah. roll out the garage yeah, yeah. and i'd <laughs> kick it up and i'd down the local streets <laughs> like, and then down the little alleyways and then onto the dual carriageway for 30 seconds <laughs> flat out <laughs> no one's looking <laughs> and then hop off and then you'd be straight into Sherwood Forest yeah. so you get into, into the woods do some real good riding with your mates and at this place in the desert an old disused quarry there was like a track there mm. and a bit of a van it was proper setup. Mm. um I used to do. I used to love that, and I don't know why. I just, I just loved it. The sense of freedom, the exhilaration, yeah, that adrenaline that, that it gets. Fucking buzz. I yeah. loved it. Um, and I went to uh, and did a track day with with, with some of the f some of my friends, and something as stupid. Just went round a corner, put my leg out. Just a simple rut, yeah. and I, I I dislocated my knee at the time. Just got my cut my foot caught, cool. and I was yeah. fuck. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Trying to stand back on the peg, I was like, oh, oh fuck no. it, I've done something bad here. Oh, no. I've done myself a mischief. Yeah. And so I rode back into the paddock and I remember sort of put the bike in and um, my leg was just kind of locked in, in a weird position. Mm. I was, remember squatting down and rolling my knee and sort of, you know, crying with, the, you know, just the frustration mm. of what the fuck have I yeah. done? And I knew I'd fucked up and I knew it was serious. And it wasn't so much the pain, it was the... The contracts. Yeah, and how am I going to tell my granddad? <laughs> granddad, your Whose granddad. famous last words were... <laughs> Be fucking careful. Careful. Yeah. And I, so I, I masked it. I hid it. Yeah. Um, it sort of went back in after I sort of rolled it around yeah. and really swollen and got back in, van, back back home to the bungalow, pushing the bike back in all yeah. sheepish and got in and he's kind of looking at me. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm sort of limping a bit, but it's all right. It's all good. Um, 
fast forward three weeks back to Fulham and they're, uh, we're back into training. Um, and I just said to him, look, I've had a bit of an issue with my knee. Mm. I, I was, you know, playing football mm. and, you know, had a bit of a ticking off. Yeah. I went in to see the physio. They were looking at stuff and um, I, I kind of had some physio back and, and I was feeling okay. And the, we, we played a sort of pre-season game and literally the first tackle Failing, I went into, yeah. it fucking went again. Okay. My knee went again and dislocated mm. and... And I fucking knew, and mm. I was looking at them. They're looking at each other, and they yeah. fucking wheel me off, get me in. They look, they did really well. Look, looked after me, got me into the private sort of stuff. Had the um, um, operation. It was only like medial meniscus yeah. stuff and shaving and yeah. all that bits and pieces. Um, then looked after me again, rehabbed all this kind of good mm. stuff. Um, first game back, it fucking went again, and I knew I was. I remember just fucking punching the floor yeah. at the time in frustration yeah. and just, ah, what the fuck have I done? Mm. Um, that's not to say, I'm not sitting here and saying I should have been in the last World Cup yeah. playing for England. I'm yeah, not saying that at that's all. That's your story, right? But um, I do feel I could have had a, you know, uh, some, at some a level. A good run at it. A good run at yeah. it. And I never, Just to see. Yeah, I never had that. Um, but this happens, how many people does this happen to? Mm, Injuries. Loads. It fucking, you're that close. Loads. You're on the line, aren't you? And, and it fucking raises edge, mate. And you go yeah. one way or the other and yeah. fuck, you need a bit of lady luck. Yeah. Not just in, in what you're doing with, with sport, but in life in yeah. general. And, yeah. And I didn't have the rub of the green, you know, on that respect. I, I do believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. mate. I think it, yeah, I learned a lot from that as well, uh, moving forward. Um, I, I was then released from there, went back, and, and was next thing was, fuck, what am I going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've, I've, We've I've seen an education here. So, yeah, yeah, so okay. left school and yeah. then was kind of, right, I need to get into college. I'm right, going to okay. do something. So but in the I, hope that you're going to get a contract somewhere. Yeah. But your backup was, if I don't, I've got college. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I went to college, uh, turned up at one of those open days at college. Mm. Fucking looking around. I loved engineering. Well, I love bikes and yeah. cars and tinkering with stuff like yeah. that and, and, and playing around. So I went to do like an engineering um, course, whatever that was, mm. turned up, got the fucking result, GCSE results out. They were like, fuck See off, get yourself over there. <laughs> Sports science Sports is over science, there. Yeah. All right, mate. Join the club. So off I went. And to be honest, it was loads of birds in there. Yeah, as well. happy so days. I was like, What's going on over there? I'll have some of that. So off I fucking went, tail between legs, enrolled into a BTEC national diploma for yeah. sports science, yeah. which was... Two, two years, three years, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Um, got into that. And then again, uh, by this stage, the knee was feeling better. I was rehabbed, um, you know, fast forward six months, whatever it is, yeah. feeling better. And I'm starting to play football again yeah. at, uh, at a local level, yeah. sort of paid small contract stuff, yeah. but playing with grown-ups, with yeah. geezers, with blokes, yeah. but for a, um, a semi-pro team. Mm. So I'm getting back into it. And then I start playing for the college team. And then I get selected for the England colleges yeah. as well. So I get represented for that, go all around the country playing, mm. great stuff. And then I got offered a, a scholarship to play at University of South Carolina. So at these college games, England versus whatever, yeah. all the fucking um, a lot of guys or scouts from America or universities yeah. would, would would head over and be like, start yeah. talent scouting. Yeah. So I got picked uh, for a full scholarship, three, four years. I didn't fucking pay for University of South Carolina. And I was fucking, yes, the dream's alive Happy again. Day. Dream's yeah, alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it. Here we go. Yeah. Back on the bus. Yeah. And... At the time, you know, um, I started going through the process, figuring out all the paperwork, speaking to the um, um, the the coach that was over there, my main point of contact. And it was a time when they're sort of on their sort of break period, yeah. as in going on holidays. Like I've got two weeks of, it, of, of the whole year where I get to go away with my family. Yeah. So, but if you've got any issues, any of the forms you need information on, yeah. just fucking call me. It's yeah. not an issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, brilliant. I've got this. Yeah. So sort of filling out all this. There's fucking tons of paperwork flying through, mm. affidavits, all this kind of stuff. And I filled out a amateur eligibility form for the college to play in the college league 
thought nothing of it. It was, have you ever been paid to play? Yeah. Have you ever yeah. had, had a contract? Yeah. Have you ever received royalties, which could include free boots, bags, Bonuses, clothing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd have some of that. That's what we have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We know where this is going. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fast forward a week, sent all that <laughs> forms it. off. And I, but I'd selected who, where I was going to be living, my accommodation, really? my flight was booked. I was wow. two weeks out so from leaving. you were probably in. You were I was in. in. My yeah, flight yeah, was booked, yeah, everything, yeah. bags were getting packed. Yeah. And uh, I had the fucking, the, the phone call of doom from the, what the fuck? The yeah. coach is like, what have you done? You filled out this form, blah, blah, blah. You, yeah. you, and there's a quite clear distinction in America between being a professional or, you know, being an amateur yeah. you, and, and never the two can kind of yeah. cross over. That's right. And they deemed me to be a professional um, and I couldn't play in the college league. So mm. he was like, no worries. I, I know the guys at the board. I'll smooth this right out. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We're all in the church group together. Yeah. I'll have a word left it for a few days, came back, I can't do anything. Um, what we can do is put the application on hold for 12 months, probably shouldn't be saying oh, this, no. and then yeah. we'll redo the forms. Yeah. And when we do them, yeah. obviously... If I can... don't, f- don't fill it in properly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't fill it. Get I'll someone else to fill it in for you. Remember my fucking red crayon. <laughs> um, and at the time, I was sort of 70, 18, sort of finishing college, mm. and I was like, fuck that shit. That's I'm, dream stuff, though, isn't it? Thinking I could be in America for yeah. three years. Yeah. Well, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, and... But a year's a long time. Yeah. It's not, but at that age, it's a lifetime. So um I left college and I and I and I got a job. I mm. need to get a job. Um so I started working um at a local leisure centre in a gym. Mm. I, I did a personal training course mm. uh, and started working in this local gym and I started doing that for you know a year or two and I'd kind of left left the um, application for that stuff. I yeah. was like, it's fine. I can still play football here, and I'm playing at a good level and getting yeah. paid quite well. Yeah. I can probably still make it through this channel. Yeah. So, so you still, still had hope. Still had the yeah, hope, yeah, yeah, and yeah. still clinging onto that that yeah. dream. Yeah. And then I think about two years into working at the gym, I was just kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do I want to be? Let's start looking and start planning ahead. And and there's arguments for both sides of the spectrum. Some people say, don't put so much pressure on yourself or kids. Mm. And I get that, but I needed purpose and I needed something to fucking really dial into and, yeah. and focus on. And football was always that, yeah. but that was slipping away yeah. and almost slipped away. Um, and for me, the next thing was, well, what do I want to do? Um, and I'd always been interested in the military. Mm. So at that stage, I started looking into the military and thinking, well, maybe this is the way that I can get away and, and still have the adventure and still, yeah. I don't know, scratch an itch that I wanted to scratch yeah. and and still play football within mm. the military mm. as well. Mm. Um, so I went down to local careers office in Nottingham and walked through the door, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I didn't have a fucking clue, really. Yeah. I'd been looking at certain stuff, and I knew that I wanted... If I was going to do it, I wanted to do the hardest thing. Yeah. Just fucking, what's the hardest <laughs> thing? Mental. Mental. So, what's the hardest yeah. thing? And the bloke in there was a Marine. Yeah. And he was like, nah, come over here. What you want to do is this. Yeah. The Marines, blah, blah. And arguably, again, you, you know, um, it's probably the Marines or the Paras, which is the hardest basic infantry... Um, course that you can do within the military mm. it's certainly the longest you know with the marines and the paras as well it, mm. that, that's they're, they're the two most hardcore soldiering courses yeah. that you can do and yeah. so i signed myself up for the marines and then i was like refocused then i was like brilliant now i've got something that i can really start thinking about yeah. and i can start planning towards and i can start training for mm. so you know i got the course got the course course day um i did a potential royal marines course went down and it's just like a little look they can look at you for a week you yeah. get to look yeah. you know, inside the camp and, yeah. and get shown around. And it's basically a fucking beast in for a week. Yeah. You go down and, and get thrashed around and, 
And I think because of my base fitness from football, mm. playing at high level, I, I kind of, um, I turned my hand to it quite quickly yeah. in terms of the fitness side of yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so past the potential Royal Marines course and was offered a date to start. And it mm. was, that was 2005. Um, okay. And I was 21 years old. Yeah. Um, so off I went, fucking, you know, packed the bags, said my goodbyes. And, and oddly enough, no one in our family had, had done this before. So yeah. it's not like I was kind of, um, following footsteps following of, a granddad or following your yeah. dad it was, like, it was nothing like that no there wasn't no. mate so I don't know why it was a bit weird probably mm. a bit strange um, did you not have thought about the military whatsoever as a kid or mm. growing up it was literally like 21 going right I fancy the military now no I did yeah, okay. I, I did mate when I was kind of in school at 16 I was I was um, one of my friend's dads was in the marines actually yeah. and, and I watched a few things had an old fucking video tape yeah. and a few bits and pieces and had the um like the pamphlets and the, yeah. and the leaflets. And I was looking through it. It was, was kind of there, but like I said, my, everything was football. Focus was footy, yeah. So it was kind of just gathering yeah. dust on the shelf. And it wasn't until later on I thought, well, fucking hell, what can I do? And what do I want to make of myself? Mm. And um, probably I didn't think about it that deeply as being that old at 21. I think, oh, you don't really know what the fuck's going yeah. on. And I was getting in, not getting into a lot of trouble, but I was. I was going out every weekend. I was yeah. living for that Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, fucking drinking, yeah. getting fucking drunk fighting yeah. just being a fucking knobhead yeah you know what i mean yeah. and everyone goes through that process mm. and again you need a bit of luck because it's so close to the edge isn't Absolutely. it between you being arrested being and nicked or going fucking yeah. Yeah, and yeah. going down one yeah. way and yeah. um but i think probably having that that focus. grounding that focus mm. to, to, and having something to aim for that that helped me a lot so i, I try enrolled and i started i started the royal marines um uh, basic commando, basic the commando um, centre, Royal Marines in in Limston, and in Limston, Exmouth. Okay, so, so that, you know, yeah. down on the on the coast there, yeah. well, along the coast from us. Yeah. Um, and I was there for thirty two weeks, and fucking hell, you, you very quickly develop and learn, and 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 they they mould you, they sort of okay. break you down yeah. and get everyone onto a build sort you of, up, and then they build you up yeah. fitness wise, but also mentally, all yeah. the things that you're going through, they start toughening you up, mm. and. Out of that, after that 32 weeks, I, again, I turned my hand to it quite well. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the challenge. I enjoyed the physical challenge. I still had that fire in my belly. Probably had something to prove yeah. to, to myself and to other people mm. that although I'd failed at the, you know, the football side of things, I could still do something that was, was worthy for me. And that, having that green beret and, you know, yeah. and the belt, it, melt, it meant something to yeah. me. It had, a, it had a sense of worth for me. And how long did you, how long did you, have, you said you had to train for 32 weeks. Is that yeah. for them to say at the end of it? Yes, you are official Marine. Yeah, so you, they build you up to essentially, they, they teach you everything from basic weapon handling, you know, shooting, drill, everything. Uh, and then um, at the end of the 32 weeks, so week 31 to 32, you do your, what's, what is your commando tests. And these are tests that you cannot fail, that you have to pass, yeah. you know, and it culminates with uh, a 30 miler with X amount of kit within, let's say, eight hours across Dartmoor. Uh, and then there's the, the commando, uh, there's the Tarzan assault course, there's a nine mile speed march, there's certain things that you have to do within right, okay. time. Okay. Uh, and you've got to hit those fucking markers, yeah. you know, and you kind of move through that process. At the end of that, if you pass them all, then you, you, you've essentially passed and you have a pass out parade and you get your berry, your family come down, you do a bit of marching around, which terrible at, fucking yeah. <laughs> all over the fucking gas, fucking <laughs> weapons and bayonets <laughs> everywhere. It's for comedy. Right arm, right leg at the well, same yeah, time. Well then, <laughs> We're not famed, the Marines, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, being yeah. fucking super good at drill. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're more kind of soldiers. That's yeah. what we want to do. Yeah, we're yeah, commandos. Yeah. We want to yeah. get fucking stuck in. Yeah. So passed out of there. Um, 
and I passed all the way through as well. Most a lot of people sort of get back trooped or they get injured. You get moved back into another troop, and so I was a what's called as an original. So I'd passed. I'd started on day one and I'd finished on on week thirty two. How many people? How many people can you remember joined that from day one? And how many people oh, you were left at the end? I don't know. Let's say there's forty five people joined our yeah. our kind of troop, and we must have had maybe half of those that were kind of back trooped or injured, and and then other people that are. Uh, at the same stage as, as you move along the, the ladder to week, say you're in week 28, yeah. somebody who's waiting, who's been injured, will jump into your jump troop in. oh, okay. and then c- carry on with you. Okay. Um, so yeah, and, and I passed that. I, I did. I did really well. I got the like the King's Badge Award, so the best recruit. And Is that I also right? got yeah, I got the PT medal as well, the fittest guy in the troop. I got all the best times, oh, and so I was kind of like, fucking hell, I'm good at this. I've kind of been all right. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, um, for once in my life, yeah. and. I then you then go on a real high as the fucking yeah. you, you know the cream of the crop yeah. within the training camp, yeah. and then you're fucking over to four. I went over to forty commando, a commando unit. Forty commando. Forty commando is based in Taunton. Okay, and within there you've got different companies. You know, I went into Bravo Company, and I was in the same company as Ant Middleton. Okay, uh, Louis, my business partner, yeah, 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 yeah. and a few other guys that have since been badged. So. Um, I don't know if it's something about that era, but Ant, me and Ant were in sort of training together. We was he was uh, one troop behind, but Ant had obviously had previous experience with you know the paras and bits and pieces right, as well. Yeah. So, but we'd always seen each other, and um, you know he was that guy who turned up with wings on as a recruit. Like he's like who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like he had more medals than the training team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know because he was he, he you know he had his issues and dramas and moved yeah. through and, and yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. rejoin and and. and uh, do Marines train as well. So we joined the same company okay. and I deployed, went out to Afghanistan for my first tour, which was a bit of an eye-opener. What year was that when you went uh, to Afghan? 2006. So straight away, so after yeah. you'd gone straight into Afghan? Yeah, well, I, I did some mountain training first, some, a few bits and pieces. I went I did some machine gun training, bits and pieces, and went into a different troop and then I deployed. Yeah, okay. uh, but I only deployed for about two months. It was quite a short and sharp okay. tour for me. I got attached to another company Okay. Um, in Kabul, um, what's that feeling like going from England look, going straight into Afghanistan? Were you excited? Looking back or? now, knowing what I know now yeah. and what I've done yeah. since that with the SBS yeah. and everything else, yeah. fucking hell, I was a, I didn't know anything. Yeah, I didn't have a fucking clue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think you do. You've got all the belt, the Mary, you've got the kit, yeah. equipment, but. I didn't have the experience, but how do you get the experience? You've got to fucking go out and get in it and and get involved and immerse yourself in that world. And fuck, it was an eye opener from, Mm. you know, all sorts of weird shit and IEDs going off and rockets and machine gun fire and just what the fuck is going on? This world is weird. This is different, you know, and I'd never experienced that before. We've all been on holiday and bits and bits. I've been to fucking Kabul, Afghanistan. (laughs) Where, you know, what the fuck is this place? You know, it was, um, where's the beach? It's a culture shock, (laughs) mate, you know, but you, but you've got a job to do. So you still have to keep that level. Did of you know how long you were going for? When they say, "Right, you, we're going to put you out into Kabul," do you know how long you're going for? Is it? Yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, you'll know how long you're deploying for. Yeah. There's moments. There has been instances before where you go out on a on a on a job like a hostage rescue, yeah. and you don't know how long you're going to be. Yeah. You, know, you could be out there fucking two weeks, quick in and out. We yeah. know where they are. Let's go and do it. Yeah. Or it could be two months. Could be fucking six months. Yeah. And I've done that before, where you know you get left in place and and you're working the target and bits and pieces. But generally in the green green army or yeah. the wider army, you know how you know where you're going, and you know how long you're going for. So you were a commander going out there. Yeah, yeah. What was the next steps for you? What were the next steps to get into the SBS? Was there, is there a process? You go, you know what? I'm nailing everything. I want. To get into the top, yeah, creme de la creme. Yeah, so I went through the Marines, and then um, I'd kind of I'd been in, I'd been in maybe let's say fifteen months. I'd come back, and um, 
I was kind of looking around thinking, like, what's next? Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, the type yeah, of person. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. the fuck, what's the next challenge? What yeah. can I do next? And But while I was out in Afghanistan in Kabul, I remember I was working the gate. I was on, on the gate and security. And uh, a soft-skin vehicle, a normal vehicle come through. And there's four guys in there, long hair, beards, wearing civilian clothing, jeans, flannel shirts, little chest rigs, fucking cool weapons, yeah. shades on, c- caps. Who the fuck? Fuck are those rock yeah, stars? Yeah, yeah. It was. What was some a, of that? The fuck, and the one I did, I was the fucking, it's the SBS. Yeah, and okay. I'd heard of them. I knew who they were, yeah. but I'd never really seen them physically in person. Yeah. And that left a mark on me, I think. It impressed me. And I was kind of like, I want a fucking bit of that. Yeah. How do I fucking do yeah. that? As quick as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first instance of seeing it and seeing them in and around Kabul and, and you know, not really knowing what they were doing. Yeah. But it just looked cool as yeah. fuck, you know. Um, so I started looking into it a bit more, and at this stage, I was now at a different unit. I was up in Scotland at a different unit, and so when you so when you come back, you're deployed to different units, whether it's Scotland, mm. Exmoor, Exmoor, whatever. Generally, it is. you'll do about eighteen months to two years within a, a unit, and yeah. then you'll move somewhere else. Why? Or, Why? Um, I guess I guess you move where you're needed, depending yeah. upon rank. If you moved up rank, and also a lot of the times you'll have to you'll have to develop a skill as well, and everybody tries to hide and. Most people just want to be a door kicker. They just yeah. want to be a fucking knuckle dragger. They just want to be a, a commando. Yeah. However, the the bigger brigade, the unit, they need skilled people. Okay. We're self-sufficient. Yeah. Marine, the Marines are one of the only units that are self-sufficient, yeah. i.e. Um, Marines become chefs, they become drivers, they become right, okay. vehicle mechanics, you okay. know. They become clerk, uh, like clerks and stuff. Yeah. So, And they're the shit ones that you don't want to get pinged yeah. for. So yeah, yeah, yeah. generally speaking, you put in a, an interest, oh, I want to be a whatever, signaller or I want to be a... A chef. I don't yeah. know why you don't want to be a fucking yeah. chef. But there are people that yeah. want to do that, yeah. thankfully. Um, so I guess it depends on who you are, where you are, where you are in your career, and where they need people. So I moved up to Fleet Protection Group, Royal Marines, up in up in Glasgow sort of area, yeah. protecting the nuclear submarine sort of deterrent for the UK. Um, but while I was there, I got in my head, I was like, I want to try start training for selection for yeah. the SBS. So I started training, running around the hills there, big fucking heavy bags on no wonder my back's fucked now yeah. um but before that i was like i want to i want to upskill myself so yeah. what's the hardest course i can do in the marines or or certainly what's the most what's the what's the course that's going to give me the most benefit yeah. and set me up for success for going on to selection and yeah. that for me was the the, the Romanian sniper course okay which is highly regarded as as, as one of, is the hardest course you can do within yeah. within the marines in terms of a soldier in skill set you know that's it it's fucking hardcore it's 10 12 weeks away and every day you're fucking you're crawling around stalking map reading stalking um, what's stalking so stalking um is uh, the easiest way to describe it is there's an enemy here yeah. you start out here yeah go and get into a position that they can't see you. That they can't see you. Yeah. You snuggle in through bushes, cutting your way in, right. fucking prickly, set up your weapon system uh, as a sniper. And generally speaking, everyone thinks sniper, cool shit, yeah. shooting. The, the majority or 90% of your work is actually observing and reporting back okay. information. But you're normally out on a limb. You're normally out with as a pair, yeah. ahead of the main force. Um, but you are there, if needed, to have that critical sort of... Um, action if required mm. you know you have a pinpoint accuracy in terms of shooting that's why you spend fucking the first six weeks are on the ranges just shooting okay it's long distance psh, psh, down a fucking wherever windy range just fucking you know trying to fucking improve are you are you learning with all different types of weapons no so you i learned with an l96 an old sniper rifle which is now discontinued but yeah you, what you'll have is um 
uh, your main sniper rifle that they employ or use within yeah. the Marines. Yeah. So you'll, you'll learn on that weapon only, okay. really. Yeah. Um, but the first six weeks are, let's see if you can fucking shoot, because there's no point doing all the other yeah, fucking cool shit yeah. if you can't fucking shoot, <laughs> yeah. which makes sense. So the first six weeks are, here's the standards of shooting. Yeah. This is what you've got to meet. If you don't meet it, you're fucking binned. Yeah. And that course is hard because... You have to be a corporal or below. You can't be a higher rank and go on the course because the failure rate is so high, and oh. you can't go back. You kind of lose face, if especially you in that. military. Yeah, imagine yeah. being a sergeant in charge of guys in a yeah. troop. You go on your sniper course, you fucking fail. Yeah. You you know you kind of lose a bit of face yeah. there and yeah. and a bit of credibility. Yeah. So I think they cap it at corporal or lance corporal, but you generally get about fourteen guys on a course, and okay. two of those guys will be from other units across the world, whether it's Danish or whatever yeah. American. Um, yeah, and like I said, it's about twelve weeks course, um, and it's fucking it's hard, but it was brilliant. Did I, you did you I buzz it. off it? Did you? I fucking did you? loved it, mate. So <laughs> the shooting stuff, what it, it is, what it is. Yeah. You know, you shoot, you, you hit the standards, and and that's fucking hard. It's really a high level of shooting. But then you get into the stalking stuff, and I fucking loved it. You're mm. on Woodbury Common, it's training, but you know you've got all the kit on, the ghillie suits, all the cool kit, and and I love the snipers because when whenever you saw them on camp, they're always the different, they're always dressed differently. Yeah, okay. Always looking cool, scruffy. Yeah. You know, beards, hair, and and kind of. Had the different weapon systems so already they were they yeah. were different yeah. you know which yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what it's like yeah. you fucking yeah, shiny yeah. thing over there. Yeah, yeah I want that. a piece of that a yeah, fucking yeah, magpie yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so I kind of went through that and, and I passed that mm. um, and again I kind of um, did you know you were a good shot before you said right I want to get into this well before you world. go on to the sniper course yeah. you've got to do a pre-sniper course within to your see unit. if you're half decent so what they do is each unit can only send two guys okay. so you'll get maybe 20 guys from each unit doing the pre-course and they'll only pick the top two guys to oh, go on okay. to the sniper course okay. and a part of that is doing lots of shooting with your normal rifle Yeah. and again there's you've got to hit certain levels so you've got to be a um I can't remember what the word is, but a, a marksman yeah. with, on your rifle first and yeah. foremost. So you've got to you know, be at a good standard of shooting. And then they'll do some of the basic stuff. The map reading's got to be really good. All your personal soldiering abilities and skills have to be fucking top notch. Yeah. Or you just get fucking binned. Yeah. And if you get seen stalking, you can only have so many strikes. There's like a big, a big um, board of doom at the in the sniper training wing at Limston. It's got yeah. your name on it and everything that you've done it is assessed. Okay. And it's either green or there's a score out of 100 or red. Or okay. So everyone can and see. it all adds up at the okay. end of the course. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to meet the, the, the required standard. And yeah. if you don't, you get fucking binned. Bing. Um, so I did that, and that, that for me, I was like, fucking, I gave me the confidence probably to go, right, soldiering-wise, I'm good. Yeah. Um, now it's just fitness, and mentally, can I fucking put myself in the locker yeah. um, and go through selection? So actually, um, it was another guy that put me onto selection with him, one of my friends. He uh, enrolled us both on a briefing course. So again, uh -huh. like most of these courses, there's a theme here. Yeah. You have to do a pre-course before, before doing the, the proper course. course yeah. The pre-course before <laughs> the course before the, the fuck. fuck. And it was a week down here in pool. Yeah. Um, we love it down here. I fucking love it. Oh, I didn't man. love it at the time. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the Jurassic Coast. I'm yeah. doing a lot of stuff, just running around, yeah. big heavy Bergens on. And again, this criteria you have to meet it's a 26k march with 70 pound and you've got to do it within three hours 20 or whatever that is. So you've is. got 30 kg on your back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For how many miles? 26k. Yeah, we did the wow. whole roller, it's called the roller coaster, the whole route wow. from Durdle Door car yeah, park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up and down. Smuggler's arms, yeah. turn around, I can go back. Yeah. Fucking no. cheeky pint on the cheeky way. <laughs> Fucking, if only, mate. If only. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's all this stuff you've got to go through. And yeah. At the end of the week, mm. you know, there's map reading, there's skills, there's shooting, there's bits and pieces, break contact drills, all this kind of stuff yeah. that you do that they're always assessing, you're always watching. And mm. at the end, they'll say, 
yes, you can get you can get loaded onto selection. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And then you do a pre-selection course around the, the hills and the mountains in Wales. Yeah. And then you start selection. Um, and, and what I, is, and just going back a moment there, why did you choose the SBS over the SAS? Yeah, this is interesting. For most people that don't know, um, the, the the selection was amalgamated or the, or the units were, were amalgamated and made one as one UK Special Forces umbrella that, that encompassed okay. the SAS and the SBS. Yeah. And that meant the selection process was the same because historically we ran our own selection processes. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't quote me on this. I think around 2006 or five, yeah. they amalgamated. Okay. And it made sense really. It, it, made, it yeah. makes sense. So it was all, all under one kind of uh, training centre, yeah. UK training centre. Yeah. And then you'd have a mixture of directing staff yeah. um, from the SAS and the SBS. And before you start, you just, you made your preference. You, you, you know, you kind of put your marker, your flag in the sand and say, I want to, I want to join the SBS. Yeah. And generally speaking, most people from the Marines mm. would join the SBS okay. and most people from the army or paras ah, okay. would join the SAS. Okay. Um, it, that's not to say there isn't crossover. Yeah. There is, and probably more so now than ever. Yeah. Um, but at the time, the operational tempo and areas were all out in the desert so mm. a lot of people forget SBS is boats isn't it it's yeah. like well, no look where we've been operating okay. since 2001 it's okay. all been you know in the far east um so yeah it's, it's just your personal personal preference and mm. a lot of the time because a lot, a lot of the marines or people that you know have gone mm. to the SBS you kind of stick warm. with what you know yeah, you're like, warm, oh, you're warm. There's, yeah. there's more people I know over yeah, there yeah, yeah. and they're more green or areas. do you not look at the location and go right I'd rather, I'd rather be in Paul than Brecon Beacon yes or whatever. Yeah, yes okay. yeah yeah so the SAS is, is based up in Hereford, Hereford and, and, and that's, right, yeah. some people do make that choice yeah. through family or through you know um, geographically it just makes more sense yeah. for them and they yeah. do that uh, and also people have jump ship when they've been badged so they've been in the SBS for a few years and, and, gone, over, and they've jumped back yeah oh, they've jumped okay. ship which again normally comes down to um, location or family yeah. more than you lot of knobbers I'm, I'm, over, yeah. I'm off over here yeah. you know there's been a little and how bit many SBS are there oh fuck knows mate maybe roughly 300 is that 350 right? maybe yeah and, yeah. The, and they're all based down here in Paul yeah wow. yeah yeah. within the different squadrons wow. mate. so going back to, going back to your training to get into the SBS mm. how tough was that for you personally, oh, mate, it's. Um, I think, like with most things, um, most difficult things, you the brain's got a wonderful way of, yeah. of fucking yeah. suppressing it. Yeah, yeah stick yeah, it in yeah. the fucking yeah. in the locker. locker. No one and we'll deal with yeah. that later on. <laughs> you know, and such be pain and stuff. But it's, it's. I can't explain or describe, you know, how difficult something is, mm. other than it was the hardest thing. I've ever done physically and more importantly mentally yeah. I'd say ever you know I'd never been pushed to that limit before mm. um, but it was good to see what the body and the mind could do once you were placed into that situation yeah. and most people generally speaking don't ever put themselves in into that yeah. position and yeah. there's you know, a lot of sayings out there isn't there there's a lot of people that say you, you know you're only ever operating about 40 percent anyway mm. your body mm. and then but the mind controls the body mm. you know and a lot of times you're tired and you probably do you play mm. foot, you know mm. professional sport mm. and rugby mm. you know there's moments of i'm got to dig oh, deep i right? am fucked yeah. and i've got to dig deep mm. and professional there's a lot of similarity and crossover between the military yeah. and the like special forces mm. and i think professional sports yeah. people yeah. you know know you know quite a few of the guys mm. and there's loads of similarities yeah. between personality types yeah. and you know what they can endure and put themselves through physically and mentally I think it's the mental the, the, Massively. the mind strength because day one yeah. you turn up there's 250 people on selection yeah. from all different walks of life yeah. and different different experiences and you know you get 
new guys, you get old guys, you yeah. get fucking wiry guys, you get yeah. big fucking guys, yeah. you know, and you sort of stood on the line and, and it's human nature. You look around, you look left and right and yeah. you're, Fuck, you get imposter syndrome yeah. straight away because yeah. you're what the fuck am I doing here? Have yeah. I fucking underestimated this and have I trained hard enough? Look at the yeah. fucking size of this geezer. Yeah. He's a man mountain. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. but when the fucking chips are down, that's yeah. that's not what matters, how yeah. big they are yeah. or how fucking fit they look or how strong they are, mm. if they've got a six pack or mm. how big their fucking biceps mm. are, mm. because ultimately it's a leveler. Yeah. You run around, you know, the Brecken Beacons for the four, first four weeks, and that's like your your basic fitness and map reading stage yeah. the first four weeks are is there is there is there, is there a, a set time saying you are going to be doing this selection for 16 weeks you're going to be doing it for eight yeah. weeks. so, so you, you know, know at the start yeah you okay know. well yeah you know if you're successful it's going to take you six months yeah and then you go into the unit and then you start the other training and, and everything else but yeah you know how long the hills phase is you know how long the jungle is you right, know how long okay. the you know the skills phase is for the, for the, yeah. for the weapons and tactics stuff yeah. um so yeah it was just a fucking slot and each stage is different and tests you in different ways and pushes yeah. you in different ways. So yeah. the the hills phase is physical. It's mm. fucking big heavy burgers, oh. shit weather, oh. running around Wales. Yeah. You know we had a lot. You know and it's and it's we had a lad die on on, on our on our course on the hills right? as well. You know he from um, it, it, the heat of all things. We did a summer selection. We even there's two selections running yeah. here. One in summer, one in winter, yeah. and each have benefits and negatives. Yeah. Everyone thinks well, obviously I want to do summer. Yeah. I don't want to be running around in the fucking snow yeah. and in the freezing cold. However. For me, I'd prefer that. I'd prefer being colder. You, know, you can always warm up, yeah. and you're going to get fucking warm running up and down yeah. a hill with a yeah. big burger on. And you need less water, whereas the heat that we had was fucking savage. It was super hot. In Brecon Beacons? It was fucking was savage, it? mate. Um, what year was this? 2008. Eight, okay. Mm, it was okay. really fucking hot. A mm. lot of people were struggling with the heat. Heat exhaustion, people passing out, you know, getting medivaced. Guys, running. I remember running past somebody, and, you know, you have two... Generally speaking, you've got a minimum of two liters of water on you, yeah. uh, but you'll carry steri tabs as well. So if you run out, you can very quickly fucking stream, psh, put a steri tab in it, oh, leave okay, it, in okay, it okay, okay, and you're back yeah, in the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people fucking just lapping at streams, literally like really? dogs, just fucking uh, overheating, yeah. jumping in streams, and then they're, oh, they're off again. Yeah. Because you, you've got a time to meet, and you've got to be get from point A to point B to point C to point D to all the way fucking around. Yeah. You're running around in a loop, and yeah. it's, it's fucking chaos. It's comical at times yeah. of lads just running around you see the fear in people like back in what route are you on and um, this is what number are you yeah. I'm going the, you're going the wrong way no you're fucking you're going, going the wrong way, way. <laughs> you have that moment of, I was getting hey, I'm happy yeah, yeah. you're going the wrong yeah, fucking yeah, way yeah, yeah. oh fuck and off they go and, and then you're not supposed to talk to each other yeah. but it's you know there's that, you have that moment of fuck yeah. I'm yeah. fucked yeah. and all this yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah. and you can't eat enough you can't yeah. consume enough calories and you're just eating on the move yeah. and maps out yeah. and you know, all this kind of shenanigans. And at the end of that four weeks, you do the um, the Hills test phase, which, um, again, there's certain marches that you have to do within the time frame. Um, and if you get any sort of reds or fail, then you're off course. Right, you okay. know, So you've got to pass all these. And then it ends with endurance at the end. It's, it's the endurance march. And that is, I can't fucking remember now. It's basically 23, about 23 hours on the run, you know, running around all these fucking points through the Bracken Beacons. Oh. And it was... It's a mad, it's like 80 kilometers or 60 kilometers, something. 23 hours. Yeah, it's, it's a madness, yeah. Jesus. But you've got 24 hours to do it. Jesus. So, and again, you're on your own, just fucking, you know, map um, reading around the route that you've been told yeah. to go. Yeah. Uh, and you just end in a, in a big snotty mess at the end. Yeah. After that, that's the kind of then your ticket to the jungle. So you then go to Hereford, you do some pre jungle training for a week, weapons and tactics and bits and pieces. And then you fly out to what was Brunei for us um, at the time. Yeah. Um, 
and you're straight into the fucking so how many phase. people you said there was what how many people at the start of this course to say before Two, before you get 250 and how many went to the jungle roughly <sighs> probably maybe 50 for each oh really 50 for each 100 so yeah, yeah. that hills phase just fucking yeah. chops the fucking week it's yeah. um they're, they're out of there and yeah surprisingly a lot of the big guys a lot of the fucking yeah, yeah adonises yeah, yeah yeah just yeah. fucking screaming <laughs> in mate um running <laughs> past them like a lot of people say it's like the the quicken it's like the old highlander oh, <laughs> you feel like you're yeah. drawing the power from them <laughs> yes yes we're going i'm still all right yeah. <laughs> um but again you need a bit of luck you yeah. know there's injuries everybody there's not one person that goes through that phase without getting some form of injury yeah, or niggle or blisters surprised. or it's a fight yeah it's shit yeah. Uh, and then you go to the jungle do the jungle for four weeks um and that has its own and you're still being tested in the jungle now yeah before you're a, you're they're giving you the sbs yeah you're yeah. in a four-man patrol yeah. and you've got one ds attached to you and he's just watching everything watching everything how you operate within the jungle how you operate as a team and it's it's fucking stinking that environment is horrible if yeah. you can soldier and survive it's like survival yeah you know for four weeks you get dropped off under the canopy and you're there for four weeks that's it whether you're fucking no one around <clears throat> no and again this is a course you're a volunteer at any stage you can go fuck this yeah I'm, see you later i'm a celebrity get me out of yeah, it. yeah you know yeah, you yeah. can you can you can pull that card yeah um a lot of the time it's injury or it's heat exhaustion or the safety issues that people come a crop or two in terms of shooting everything's fucking really tight and you know you've got to be proficient in the drills that they're showing you and safe as well because it's all live everything yeah. you're shooting is it's all live, live fucking bullets whistling past your yeah, fucking head yeah. so the last thing you need is some fucking <laughs> retard <laughs> at the side of you <laughs> you get a few yeah yeah, are, yeah yeah what the yeah, yeah. fuck are you doing yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you get a few of them but they get binned yeah. um, so at the end of that you, you come out fucking um great diet plan probably lost about I didn't yeah. have fucking any weight to lose but yeah, everybody yeah. just comes out Come fucking, back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah hanging and then you go back in then you do the weapons and tactics phase all the cool gas mask black rig fucking abseiling right? fucking <laughs> all the shooting stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and shotguns all these explosions breaches go 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 all that sort of stuff yeah. for about six weeks again there's, you've got to meet all the required standards yeah. for shooting all the drills everything else and then after that uh, you got probably the biggest kick in the tits for me was the um, escape and evasion because um, it's not really talked about escape and evasion, escape and evasion or me. the resistance interrogation phase you know you've probably seen it on the programme yeah. you? you know uh, the old white noise or oh, screaming baby mate, they, the, they, is that part of it yeah so you go on the run for five days in Wales or Scotland um, in, in just what you stood in so your belt kit your, your combat fatigues and your weapon and a four man patrol and you've got to meet our agent RVs so you're generally moving through the night what's RV uh, rendezvous so okay, you yeah, meet yeah. somebody okay. um, and you're, you've got a hunter force behind you you've got a big corridor to move through so you can't go any further left or right than this map, Eastings or Northings. Yeah. And then you're off and you're going to meet this dude. He obviously gives you the good news. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. So, so every rendezvous point, you've got to get there. Are people chasing you? Yes, yeah, so you've got behind you, you've got Hunter Force. They know that you can't go any further left or right you know, then let's say, you know, a certain area, you've got like, a, let's say a five mile window Oh, I see, so you can't channel. just boot out Yeah, wide. you can't okay, just yeah, 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 go, yeah. go rogue. Yeah, yeah. You've got to move within this window, okay. this channel. Um, and and how that, many men are chasing you? Oh, there's a fucking hell, 20 or 30 Is probably. They've got dogs, helicopters, fucking air. And they want nothing more. And these are usually Marines or Paris. They're dying to catch oh, you, yeah. fucking hell, mate. Yeah. It's like Christmas for them. Yeah. They catch one of us, so... Yeah. You're running, you're on the fucking run, and slowly but surely, your body's fucked as well. You're knacking now. You've been you've been having a, a tip full of it for, for a few months now, and you run down, uh, but you've got to stay on the game. 
And you, I mate, literally, I was running round, just pulling out fucking turnips out of the ground and like, just eating it, yeah, eating anything yeah. in fucking bins and just. Uh, so you just, you how many days you on the run for? Five, five, five days. days, five nights, and at all costs, you cannot get yeah, caught by these lads. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you get caught, they'll ping you back to base, interrogate you a bit, slap you around, wet you, put you in fucking bright orange fatigues, send you back out on your way again. Yeah. Fucking great. I'm a fucking human highlight now. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So off you run. Um, so at the end of that five days, you're pretty fucked. Yeah. You're, you're ready. In the end, you're like, just fucking, fucking catch me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, and then you know then that you're going into 36 hours of interrogation. So you move into the interrogation phase. You know, you're stripped, you have dogs, you do all the stuff, you strip, you do all your bits and pieces. Uh, and then you... You've got to then go through all the stuff that you've been taught in terms of releasing of information and how you release information. And what are you taught? And bits and pieces. Are you taught just to keep stum, or do you have to it cooperate? It used to be the it? old school thing. Yeah, you might have heard it is name, rank, number, yeah. and, uh, and religion. That was it. Yeah. But very quickly they learned from people that were held captive yeah. that that doesn't wash. Yeah. And very quickly you just end up pissing off your interrogators. Yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah. say that. Can't answer that question. Yeah. Can't answer that. No <laughs> comment. No comment. Yeah. I can't. Have, <laughs> yeah. 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 Fucking hell, this is shit. <laughs> So they devised a new way yeah, of okay. releasing information, slow okay. releasing information or giving green information away, information that's readily available now on the internet. There's right, no okay. point now saying anything other than if they can get information, then you know they can get information from Google, from yes. Facebook, from other means, social yeah. media, or bits and pieces, yeah. then release that information, but slowly. Yeah. And the main thing is building rapport with your captors. It, yeah. it's, it's humanizing yourself. Yeah. It, it's making yourself not robotic and yeah. military. It's, it's, you know... Um, it, it just exactly that creating a rapport yeah. and being you know subdued submissive in your body language yeah. and bits and pieces and then slowly but surely you know and everybody's doing the same your little four-man group yeah. and it's then this goes on for hours you get interrogated for you know 20 minutes right fuck off and then you're back into a stress position give me an example <laughs> of a stress position um so, so sat with your legs crossed yeah on the floor yeah um um fingers in, interlocked and then hands on your head oh. and then straight back sort of with your oh so they're straight back, yeah, 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 elbows yeah. up, and then eventually you just fucking, yeah. they'll come along and just put the boot in, bring Whack you back up. Mate. The other one is just leaning against a wall, leaning yeah. against a wall, yeah. which sounds easy. Yeah. So you lean against the wall with your hands up and, yeah. just, and just hold that position. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds simple. Yeah. <laughs> Try doing that for a fucking few hours. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, you know, you end up, you're falling asleep, yeah. everything's fucking aching, and um, yeah, you're just getting beasted. And, 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 and then. What about the noise? What about the. the, 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 the what the. Why are they putting noises yeah, in Yeah, white noise or screaming yeah. babies or we had a call to prayer thing that was on loop. I, can, I think I counted, it was like a two-minute loop. Yeah. So, like, a, you know, um, the uh, call to prayer was going and you do, you start hallucinating, you start fucking hearing all sorts of yeah, shit as well. And um, anyway, you know, through that process, you get different styles of interrogators. You know, get the nice ones, you get the mean ones. You get, you get people playing off each yeah. other and all this sort of stuff. And But it's about knowing when the right time is to, to give the game up and say... Yeah, this is actually what I'm doing here yeah. for these reasons, and um, but it's knowing when to do that, yeah, not okay. too early, not too late. Yeah, you know when there's actual threat to life and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So we go through that stage, and then um, at the end, you, you know, you get badged. You have that moment of fucking. Oh, I've what, passed. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah. You know, you get the beret, an amazing day, a really, you know, uh, one of the best days of of your life. Yeah. You know, because. You can't go into this sort of thing half-assed. You yeah. can't. It's like you know, sport. It's the other stuff. You turn up. You. You're all chips in, yeah. emotionally, yeah. physically. Everything else is taking a back burner. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, married at the time. Everything just gets fucking pushed aside yeah. Yeah. because you're so focused on on the outcome, mm. and and you have to be. Mm. You can't. You're not fucking playing at it, you yeah. know, and you can't. And then you badge and you get your belt and berry, and it's fucking snakes and ladders, isn't it? Life again. Yeah, yeah. yeah back down. To <laughs> 
Join the squadron. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, new bloke. Right. Yeah. Now you're doing your dive course. Now you're doing your boat course. Now you've got to do all these courses oh, wow. before you can even what step was that into feeling? What was that feeling like? Did you get paraded around or was it a bit of a, oh, is that it? I've no. Got a beret? Or were you paraded? Was it seen as a you big thing? A, or? You don't have a parade parade. Yeah. You have a, a badging ceremony, which yeah. is in the officer's mess, but it's really low key, you know, and it's just, you come up and generally, whoever's on camp will come to it and sort of clap you, welcome okay. you into the service. And the commanding officer will probably just give you your belt and berry, shake your hand, have a photo. Uh, and then yeah, off to your squadron. Right, and okay. I joined M Squadron and, and went straight out on my first tour with those guys. Um, and what year? What, what year was this? Uh, Two thousand nine. Nine. No, sorry, eight, yeah, nine. So and January, where did you go? Um, Afghanistan. And it was really kinetic at that time. It was fucking mate. It was everything I joined for. It was it was Call of Duty shit. Where yeah. I was fucking what the fuck? Yeah. My first job I did is is actually a painting on on one of the uh, sergeants mess all the best jobs yeah. get fucking paintings made of them and get stuck in the sergeants or officers mess yeah and one of my first jobs was a fucking painting job and i was i don't know again not knowing much but i was in as a war sniper we sort of landed off target walked in 10 kilometers through the green zone in, in the fucking north yeah and now we've got all the cool kit and equipment yeah. and all the best all blacked weapons. up yeah uh, no you're in the fatigues yeah. but you know you've got your night vision on and wow fuck is going on there? this is weird <laughs> uh, you know snuggled in a position and just had a massive kinetic fucking scrap and yeah. fucking like the wild west yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it was kind of everything I, I'd hoped for and was thought it would be uh, and more and yeah. I remember getting off that job and fucking you always have a hot debrief when you get back you flew back to base and all the fucking lads are there and it was and where um, was base? Um, in Kandahar Okay. Air base. Uh, so we flew so back you there. Drop, so you, you, you're out in Afghan and then you're dropped off into a place. Yeah, we fly back two helicopters to the wherever we're going, probably land off, you know, however many kilometres and we'd walk into the target, sneak into the into the shit zone uh, and then we'd fucking do what we needed to do. Then we'd walk out and get a pickup and then back to oh, base. And oddly, Kandahar's massive, mm. the airport. It was, it was like a city. But by the time we left, yeah. after... However many years, 15, 20, 15 years of, of kind of occupation in Kandahar, this place is fucking bigger than Bournemouth. It's massive, yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah. And a lot of different partner forces, Americans and Dane, all these people in there. And out of all the guys on that camp, however many fucking, let's say 100,000 people, I think only 2% of people actually went outside the wire. Outside, right? everything else was supporting the main machine, the effort, whether that's intelligence or signals or vehicles or mechanic, you know, all this kind of stuff. Ah. So um, so what were you told to do then? They were like, Staz and the boys, you need to go in, do a job and get out. Yeah, Is that we, literally how it was for you guys? Yeah, I mean, in its simplest form, yeah, yeah, but we'd be working targets, you know, back at our base in our headquarters, we'd have drones, we'd be w looking and, and, and operating and working high value targets. We'd be like, what's the, who's the fucking, what's the network? Who's the big dogs? Right, fuck those little guy. Right, we're going for this guy. Yeah. Right, let's, let's work him and let's, you know, use the technology that we have yeah. to find out Hunt where this guy is. And, we, and then we would then watch the guy, soak a target with the drones, have a look at it, get pattern of life and understand the target and everything. And once we were happy on our terms okay. and the moon state was right and it was dark enough and, you know, one of the guys, it'd be his job, one of the team leaders would come in and go, all right, fucking orders tonight. We're going to fucking talk through how we're going to how we're going to cut the cake. And then we would, we'd do that, fly out, do the job, come back, debrief, tea and stickies. Um, but I remember after that first job coming back in, New guy. Yeah. Fucking hell, it was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guys was like, listen, they're not all like that. No, no, you know, yeah, been yeah. Blessed. But I remember that first tour, I got really lucky. Yeah. Lucky or however you want it. It's not, you know, and I'm not glorifying war yeah. at all. It's fucking, it's not glorious. Yeah. And and it, and it and it's a fucking, it, it's a hard thing to do, you know, mentally. And it, and it takes a lot from you emotionally and everything and physically. But 
those that first tour that I did for that six months, we were out most nights, and it was one of the most kinetic tours that, that the service had had in terms of a squadron, you know. And Foxy talks about it in his book actually, because yeah. their squadron took over us. But after six months of it, by the end, it's fucking, it's hard, you know. And we had a, a shit last week, our la fucking typical last fucking yeah. job. A massive Daisy Chain IED went off. It killed one of the guys. It, um, you know, one of the guys who I did selection with, he lost his lower leg, um, and a lot of guys were injured, yeah. quite substantially injured. It took out twenty guys out of a thirty-five wow. guy squadron. Wow. You know, um, what, one from, IED. Yeah, from, it was a Daisy Chain IED. So, really? Yeah, in a compound, someone must have stepped on a pressure plate. Oh. It went up. Um, so at that stage, it was, fuck, what a shit way to end yeah. what was a really good tour, yeah. you know. Um, so by that stage, you're ready to fuck off and yeah. get out of there. Get me on. And Foxy, I remember these guys come in, they're ready to scrap. They yeah. come in all. And Toby Guthridge, who's a, who's a local guy now, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about him, he's, you know, um, he actually moved into my bed space. And he was a new guy, mm. South African kid, maybe 20 years old, mm. fit, young, ready, bit between his teeth, mm. ready to go. And I sort of showed him around the camp. Here's your bed space. Nice one. Have a good tour, lads. We had one last booze up. Uh, with everybody yeah. and we fucking ripped out yeah and then i later heard you know toby was critically injured and shot well not critically but he he was shot through the neck mm. and instantly was you know quadriplegic um he still lives oh. locally yeah. and he'd be a fucking good guy to speak to yeah, the way that he's to. turned his fucking life around yeah. and because he went through everything those stages of sure. fuck this shit as, as you would I'm do sure. as you yeah. can expect yeah. um so the it, you're always close to the edge. You're sailing close to the wind all the time. But mm. that's what you love. You love yeah. the fucking buzz, the excitement. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Mm. Um, and I did a few more tours after that, you know, which were very good for very different reasons. Yeah. My last tour was in, you know, in Kabul. Uh, what year uh, was your last tour? Uh, 2013, 14. 13. So I was... If you were to pick any of the tours, which is the tour that really stands out to you? The first tour. The okay. first tour, definitely. Okay. Um, just because it was new, it was exciting, it was kinetic, it was everything I envisaged and, and wanted from a tour. It was fucking. It was everything. It was brilliant. Mm. It was it was fucking brilliant, and everything else that came with it as well. The freedom and the and being special forces within a camp and yeah. all the freedom and luxuries that you are afforded. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's big boys. Does rules. everyone does everyone look up to you? Yeah, you yeah. are the. You know, there is that sense of. You know, it's a fine balance between the ego and that yeah, line, yeah, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, between, yeah. you know, um, but you are you, you're, you're confident. Creme de la yeah, creme. You, you're you you've confident and you've proven yourself, so you can you you can have a little bit of that. You yeah. know, it's like walking out onto a pitch as a yeah, we play. Going, I'm fucking, yeah. I'm, I'm top. I'm the top of my game, yeah. uh, but you're still always learning. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, you, I guess you looked at as, as the rock stars of the mm. fucking military, all the normal military, they all look the mm. same and we're just fucking dripping in all the best kit, yeah. long hair, beards, doing what the fuck <laughs> we want, driving around, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, all that kind of good stuff. So for is different there, reasons. Is there, a, is there a, a rule or anything? Like you're, you're rolling around, you're getting in there, you're going down, you know who you've got to target. Before you shoot that person, is there a rule? That you're allowed to or you're not allowed to. Yeah, so there's basic rules of engagement, yeah. you know, and everybody has. We're all covered under, you know, card alpha, which is um, the, the, the basic right to self-defense. And okay. I can take in its simplest forms. You can take a life to save a life, yeah. you know. And obviously, I can take someone's life if I feel like they're going to take my yeah. life, or if I feel like they're going to take your life. Yeah. What it doesn't cover is things like um, property. So if they're going to steal a vehicle, you right, can't okay. fucking shoot yeah, 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 shoot yeah. the keyser. Yeah. And also. 
if they are a threat, but then don't become a threat anymore, i.e. they're running around shooting, but then they put their weapon down and put their hands up. Yeah, okay. There's that line there of yeah. they're no longer a threat. Yeah. And I, and I don't have to engage with them. Yeah. Um, we had different rules of engagement when we were going out because of who we were and yeah. what we were doing and who we were hunting. Yeah. Um, and that, that was always job dependent i.e. we know this place is full of badness. Yeah. There's no women and kids on there. We've been watching this target. Yeah. When we when we go into this hornet's nest, yeah. it's going to be a fucking scrap. So we can shoot first. Yeah. Because they're all fucking bad. They're all bad guys. Wow. And we know they are. The intelligence, you know, and everything else that's, that's built up around Can you that. give me an example of what you had to do? Did you have to go into buildings? Do you have, like, lights on your forehead? What, what just so yeah. I can build up a picture? Um, all of the above. Everything from... Rural, so out in the fucking desert, yeah, you know, to compounds like compounds that are out in the, in the open, yeah. out in the sort of rural areas, yeah. the mountainous, and um, you'd land off generally because the noise signature. You'd walk in, and yeah. you know, you'd surround the building, and there'd be maybe ten, twenty, you know, Taliban fighters in there, or it was a, it was a an IED factory, or it was a weapon stash factory, wow. and we were going in, and we're just you know, uh, getting amongst it really, and then so you'd have that to. Built up urban, Kabul. Yeah. You'd have high rise. You'd have fucking all sorts of, you know, um, different scenarios really to, 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 to deal with. But yeah, generally speaking, we'll always fight on our terms. We'll go out at night. We'll use the cover of darkness. We'll yeah. use the technology. We'll use, we'll always try and st stack the odds in our favor. Yeah. You know, night vision, lasers on our weapons, light systems, infrared light systems, and, you know, and all this kind of stuff wow. as well. And, and communications, drop down tablets. The, the technology is always mm. fucking advancing. You know, it's always advancing at, mm. at a high level really. But um, yeah. Moving on, tell me about the medal, the Gallantry Cross medal, which is the top medal to get that you received from the Queen. What did you get that for? The medal itself is a conspicuous Gallantry Cross, so it's one down from the Victoria Cross. And yeah. generally speaking, if you're receiving a Victoria Cross in our world, yeah. in, the S in, in the Special yeah. Forces, yeah. it's post armorously you're fucking dead. Yeah, okay. you know, but you've done something obviously that, that is, yeah. is is deserving of yeah. that medal. Um, so. I think there's only about three of us within the Special Forces that have the Conspicuous Gallantry Cross. So, And mine was for two separate jobs and for other jobs as well, um, but two standout jobs that mm. I was doing at the time. I was working in Kabul um, with a partner force and had a lot of autonomy, but I was kind of leading the um, one of their specialist sort of police units, uh, so training them. I was uh, responsible for training and taking them out. And other guys, I was working with another, uh, the SRR, Reconnaissance Regiment, they'd be doing fine fix. They'd be locating mm. the bad guys, then they'd be over there, off you go, and then we'd set up the strike option to take down that 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 person of interest or building or whatever yeah. the, whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it was one job of running around. I can give you the full story or not. Yeah. Probably the stats shortened version. Basically, running I want, around. I want, the, I want the full story. Yeah, so we'd been working a high value target for about two months, and it was a bad dude. He'd come into the city, and his plan was to. Um, drive a vehicle-borne improvised explosive device into one of the um, one of the main camps uh, within Kabul. Uh, it was the biggest that they'd ever come across or seen. We had an informant working for us that was feeding us information. That was We were giving him kit and equipment that was inert. Um, he brought in, I think it's 13 tonnes of uh, high-explosive, uh, ammonium nitrate high-explosives. So that, to, to put it into perspective, you know, it, it's probably twice the size of this room, yeah. floor to ceiling, fucking explosives. Yeah. And the idea was they had two lorries, they were going to fill the, put the lorries in, and uh, they had about six fighters with them as well. But we knew where they were because yeah. we, we'd sort of orchestrated 
the meeting through an informant. Right, okay. We'd given them a safe house yeah. that was our safe house that that was bugged, that had um, audio and visual devices within that. Wow. Um, so we kind of had control of it within yeah. the city. So we were watching and, and we were monitoring. Tearing it up. And what, yeah, and what you don't want to do is is go straight in and, and, and deal with the situation. Yeah. What you want to do is is give them enough room to play and breathe and also work out what's going on on the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, because a lot of the times it's, you know, these are just, the, they're the doers, you know, that you need to mm. find out who, who the fucking prodders are, yeah. you know, who, who's, who, who are the intelligent yeah. guys? Who's, the, who's their commanders? Yeah. What network are they a part of? And yeah. what's the bigger threat? Yeah. Because it might not just be that. It might be multi-staged attack. They might just be one part of a larger attack. Mm. So we're always listening to phones, doing all these bits and pieces and working the target. But at the time, and I was the kind of commander for the job and I, talk to my team how are we going to fucking cut the cake how are we going to skin it how are we going to fucking move through you know this particular compound of interest deal with the threat and and and, and prevent this large scale attack and it went all the way up it was a pretty high level job um you know we brought guys back in from the sbs as well to kind of help out and big briefings i had to brief the fucking president you know at the time of kabul right. uh, about the job and what we were doing all the fucking eyes and ears were on us we had all the stuff above you know the drones you know the main commanders in, in in the special forces within all the different um, nationalities were all watching this job yeah. like fuck if this goes off yeah. it's going to go off and yeah. and to be honest I probably wouldn't know much about it I'd be fucking vaporized yeah. you know that much explosive but yeah. at the time we were we were still working it still letting it play out but then our informant came to us and was like look these extra guys have come in and they've brought their own detonators we gave them detonators you know um that were inert but they were like he's brought his own detonators right. this is now gone to another yeah. he, he stepped up yeah. that's next stage and, and it's essentially live like at any start, stage they could turn the fucking vehicle and off they go yeah. and, and clack it off yeah. so the decision was made quite quickly right we're gonna we're gonna move on it tonight um make the briefings get everything in place go through the system and and we did that and I sort of ran up to the building, did my bits and pieces. I always would always lead the team in from yeah. the front and with the Afghans behind the partner force. And at this stage in the campaign, we weren't really supposed to step foot inside the compounds. We were supposed to step back. We were in a training and mentoring role. Yeah. And rightly so, you know, it was time. We were sort of, even back then, was getting ready to, look, we're going to give you the tools and the knowledge to do this yourselves. Yeah. And, and that's what we should do. So the idea was I'd go in, I'd lay the charge on, I'd breach the main door, do a quick check, and then, right, go. Let's let's execute the plan that we've been training for. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we did all that. Go. And I just got the old, don't fancy it. So I had the old, that moment of, <laughs> the fuck? Looked at the interpreter. What the fuck's going on? He was like, ah, they don't fancy it. What, the locals they don't, don't fancy, fancy coming in doing it? No. Wow. So I was like, fuck, I had a low, and luckily a... I'd pulled in a couple of guys. How many men were you of your men? So I'd pulled in three extra guys from the... S I said, look, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do this job, but I need these three extra guys with me. One of them's going to be a war sniper. One's a dog guy. Yeah. And one's a shield man. Yeah. So me and the shield man, Scotty, we were fucking out. I'd give him one of them. <laughs> We've got to go in, bro. <laughs> and he was... All right. Let's go. <laughs> a lad from Salford, yeah, he was well yeah. up for it. He was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So he gets the shield and his job is just to hold a fucking big ballistic shield in front while I can peer around it. So to protect us both, yeah. but also, you know, saves us from sort of machine gun bursts yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So we run through the first door. Uh, and also our informant had gone, well, there's no weapons on there. They're all hidden and fucking weapons everywhere, Definitely. all stacked up. Like, fuck, <laughs> you know, the sniper's in my ear now going, lights are turning on, there's movement. Yeah. I'm back, I'm back, go, we need to hurry up. Yeah. And so at that stage, we moved in. 
uh, we did what we needed to do. We kind of neutralised all the guys in this first room. It was a big fucking mad shootout. Scotty had his fucking pistol out. It was fucking wild west very quickly. But then de-escalate, move back down to the next room that where the commanders are. And I knew there was, you know, a commander in there and also a, a, a woman and kids. So it, at that wow. stage, you've got to go from fucking full on, yeah. you know, it's a shootout to de-escalate, back into the, switch the split, go next room and then again there's opportunity there the guy stood next to kids women and it's just kind of i can de-escalate get them in arrested him so a real really really successful job because we'd you know killed the bad dudes yeah for want of a better term um secured you know the 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 woman and kid you know and got a commander you know um so got information and all the weapons, the grenades, and all that explosive was yeah. just laid out, and it was a huge, huge success, a big job. So that was the one job, and then another job I got, wow. um, I got attached, and and because of what had happened there with my partner force, I'd kind of lost the confidence in yeah. them. Um, we had another job again out in the, uh, out just outside of Kabul, out in the mountains, running around, and um, um, again it was another stage of running up and chasing these guys through the fucking mountains, and you know just. <laughs> That's a mental blood drunk. <laughs> come on, let's oh, go. Look, no the old, come on, come on. Oh, oh fuck, come on, my own. <laughs> so you know, and then we called him. It was a bit of a scrap, and called a five hundred pound bomb in. That landed. And, uh, I had a report from the aircraft. Give me a readout on that. Yeah, yeah, they're all dead. Uh, right, okay, I'll go and sweep up and, yeah. and make sure. And as I'm crawling up this fucking big hill yeah. towards the blast site, and yeah. we fucking bell bugs all shaly and. Uh, and stones and um, I get the old big beam of death comes down from the drone um, and from the aircraft uh, an infrared sort of which means circle they're sparkling something to say there's something there yeah which is 20 foot in front of me and I get the old huh, heebie-jeebies hair on the back of the neck yeah. the fuck and they're like there's movement to your front like I thought everyone was fucking dead yeah. and I'm in a really vulnerable position here on a forward facing slope climbing up a hill like I drop down like next thing bursts over my head fucking with fucking straight into the Parking, scrapping, bah, 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 bah. I'm laid on my f- sort of side and yeah. front, shooting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next thing, psh, grenades coming over, landing next to my head, oh, and I'm mate. fuck, boof, these are going off. So I fucking throw one back. <laughs> Tip for tap. Have that, yeah. You have some of that. And, you know, this goes on, and I'm stop, slowly making my way. And, mm. uh, and in the end, I don't know if I'd take the same risk now, knowing what you know and yeah. everything else, but just fucking, I've got more pissed, more angry and pissed off than anything. And just yeah. fucking stormed their position, ran over, flash crash, and you know, killed a few guys behind. Yeah. So, uh, and I had one of the commanders come up and go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you mad? I was on my own, wasn't <laughs> I? I had to do something. I couldn't fucking, you know, I was out in the, wow. yeah, so that, there was that, and there was all the jobs and bits and pieces as well. And it all kind of, and I got wrote up for that, for, you know, for, that, for those sort of couple of jobs. Really. So, when, but, so when you came back, what was that feeling like when you when the, you knew you were going up for this medal? Well, I didn't know. I, oddly enough, you, you don't know that you, you know your boss is writing you up and all this sort of stuff. And I was away in Texas at the time shooting on a long range sniper course, and I had a phone call from I, I, th- I thought I was in the shit. So yeah. they, I got the old call from like the sergeant major going, "Mate, the the boss needs to ring you." I'm like, Who's the fucking boss? He's like the 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 proper the big the, yeah. the CEO, the commanding yeah. officer. I was yeah. like. Fucking, I've never spoken to him since. I was like, "What have I done?" Yeah, yeah. Everything your mind's yeah, racing, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, yeah. What's been called yeah. out for here? And uh, he rings me up, and he's like, "You know, he explains everything." And look, you know, you, you're, he's just gone through, and you've been awarded. You know, this was Peter Scanlon's Cross. It's a huge honor, and blah, blah blah. And at the time, I just remember thinking, "Fucking, hell, I don't really know what it is." Yeah. but sounds good. Yeah, try and Google. <laughs> Google. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. Wow. Um, and where did you receive that? Where? Yeah. Uh, St James's Palace. Yeah, with the Queen in I think 
13, 14. Wow. Like that. Yeah. Massive respect, yeah. man. Yeah. Massive so, respect. Madness, really, mate. But, but to put it into what I wanted to say was it, it's difficult sometimes to receive stuff when you feel like it's your job. Yeah. I was like, it's my fucking job. Yeah. What do you mean you're getting recognition? And a lot of lads get recognition and, uh, you know, and rightly so, doing heroic stuff, but everybody's doing it. Yeah. They just select certain people throughout that sort of tour mm. or whatever. It's not look at the draw, you know, uh, and, I, I'm, and I don't want to play it down because, you know, I'm, I'm happy with what I did, but um, I want to be a bit more humble about it and not just say, I'm fucking, I'm fucking, yeah. I'm super. I don't think that at all yeah. because there's instances all the time in operations when lads are doing things above and beyond mm. and we could all argue that, well, that's our fucking job. Yeah. You know, it's like giving Lewis Hamilton a fucking medal every time he wins yeah. a race. It, yeah. You know, uh, it's your fucking job. That's what mm. you do. Um, but yeah, that said, it's uh, so it's you, you good received honor. that in 2014. Yeah, how long were you in the SBS before you said, right, it's time to call it a day? Um, ten years. So I did three years in the Marines, ten years in the SBS, and at that stage, I was kind of half pension point. You sign up for 22 years, but it's an open engagement contract. You just give a year's notice when you want to leave, and they usually use that years period to sort of train you in in, in whatever you want to do. You know, mm. you've got so many learning credits you can do with courses, you can do all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, I knew it was my time. The fucking wind was out of my sails. I'd moved into a sergeant's role. I was moving a little bit more now, yeah. slightly further away from, yeah. the, from the pointy end. And I was in a instructional role, which was good. That comes with its own yeah. um, you know, benefits and highlights. You know, I was instructing, uh, I was the main one, chief sniper instructor for the service. So we, well, anything long range shooting, the guys, the squadrons would come through sort of um, training cycles with me and we'd go out to cool places, do some like Texas shooting mm. or doing courses and, and, and bits and pieces and short arm, uh, small arm stuff as well. Yeah. So all the room clearance stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. And I was getting getting to see a lot of the lads through the squadrons rotate through. So, and I enjoyed instructing. I, I, I quite yeah. liked it. But it's um, not something I wanted to do forever. And also some of the older older guys were also, I was kind of like, is that what I want to do? And yeah. have I realistically got another 10 years in me mm. of doing this? And I ticked so many boxes. Yeah, I was going to say, I was about to say how many boxes you ticked in a short space of time. Yeah. Um, so I kind of felt like I've, I've had my fill mm. and I just want to fucking close that now yeah. on a high. Yeah. I don't want to be that bloke. Yeah, there are people in there, the fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. There. I just fuck off, will you? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking, oh, they're fucking 60 year old. Yeah, is still yeah. going and yeah. you're what are you doing, mate? There's a big wide world out yeah. there. And, um, what year did, what di year did you stop? Uh, nine, 18, I think. 2018. Do you have any, do you have any flashbacks? I was in like seeing like yeah uh, like PTSD like now, style like flashbacks now, yeah like flashbacks of the, the shit you got up to, um, but not yeah I do but not in a negative. No, okay. My sort of stuff is I I kind of um, nostalgic really yeah. look back and oh fucking hell did that, oh, I did that I remember that, that. Yeah, fucking okay. hell, yeah. I don't get you, the mate. old oh, fucking yeah. you know bangs and yeah. uh, you know and uh, again that's something that, that's uh, um, an issue which has been highlighted yeah. for the good now and I'm fucking glad it's happened yeah. and you know it's not as taboo is it you know there's a lot of people I think just mask a lot of this stuff and I've been guilty of it as well you mm. come back you don't really decompress mm. one minute you're fucking running around shooting guns and you know within 24 hours you can be back in the UK on and rest and recuperation for two weeks yeah and that's weird yeah that's the only time i've ever felt fuck is that know. weird because you you, you you're in normal civilian life going i've just been having a mad time out in yeah and out in afghan and now i'm surrounded by normal people having a normal life they don't know what i've been up to yeah 24 hours it's, ago it, it's surreal yeah. and the next thing you, you know you sat in fucking studying starbucks listening to fucking some karen moan about the chai latte being <laughs> lukewarm and you're 
You're all. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. it is weird, yeah. you know. And but the systems in place, they do have things in place, to, mm. you know, to, to help out and mm. uh, and everything else. It's just that R and R period, and you have the two weeks with the family. And you can't f fully relax yeah. because you know you're going back out, and yeah. you've got to get into that state of mind. Yeah. You you can't be. You've got to be all chips in again. You yeah. can't be out there thinking about family or mm. kids or mm. the fucking the bills and all that sort of stuff. You. You're all in. You've got to have a system. Most people deal with things differently, but mine was trying to try and fucking yeah. shut that shut it yeah. all out. Do you know how many people you've killed? Do you think? Well, I don't know, mate. That's um, I don't know. Um, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. I, I could probably feel more comfortable saying the people I've saved through yeah. through through those actions. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. In terms of, I've saved more people than you saved I've you saved killed. your own life, and you've yeah, saved and, and, and saved thousands on camp yeah and you do feel like you're at the time you're doing good work yeah. you know and i did feel that i was in, i was invested in it emotionally and everything and, and since that now you move out and you know with access to information and, and being older and being a bit wiser yeah. and fuck it i'm not i'm still wet behind the ears i'm yeah. 37 years old yeah. i'm not you know claiming i'm fucking mm. uh, i know it all i don't um but you do get to look back now on reflection. Were we doing the right thing? Was it yeah. correct? And yeah. and yeah, at the time it is. You, yeah. you know, you feel like you're doing you're doing good work and you're yeah. doing it for the right reasons. Um, and I think you've got to you've got to deal with that in your own head. Absolutely, I think, and everybody else. Has I to think you've dealt that. with it amazing in your head. Mm. Extremely positive person. I think yeah, you've got to be. Yeah. Um, so moving so moving out then you've you you've you finished with the SBS now into normal civilian life. What was that transition like for you to come into civilian life? It's harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Because that, it was my decision. Ultimately, I decided to fucking leave the SPS. Mm. It wasn't a shock. I yeah. wasn't injured or, you know, services no longer required or come to the end of my time mm. and didn't want to go left kicking and screaming. Yeah. I'd, I'd made that decision. So what I found most difficult was I associated so much of my personality and who I was to the SPS, to yeah. Special Forces. That was me. Staz, yeah. Special Forces. Yeah. Oh, that's what I do. And, yeah. um, you attach all your identity to that. All of it, mm. and then you leave, and you no one gives a fuck. Yeah, what, the SB, what is that like? The SAS, yeah. you know, nobody cares, yeah. and so you have to start again, yeah. and that's fine. But was, you've got to be ready for that. And yeah. I maybe wasn't, I was a bit fucking you know, all go through this. I spoke to Louis about it as well, yeah. he's a bit the same, a bit yeah. lost, and you know, and we'll, we'll move on to what we did with Through Dark, and yeah. and having that sense of purpose yeah. and, and focus really helped. It did, fucking did really you, helped. Did me. you have? Obviously, you're one of the co-founders of Through Dark. Yeah. Did you have that teed up while you were finishing your final years in the SBS and Special Forces? In the back of your mind, going, you know what? We need something to focus of on. Of course, we didn't. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> 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 Fucking yeah. moving and shaking, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, moving yeah. and shaking. No, we did. The idea came from me and uh, Louis were, were were parachuting out in Blythe, our oh, of nowhere in, in the desert in America, yeah. uh, with the squadron doing loads of uh, parachute jumping stuff. Um, and at the time, we were both. Louis was having to leave through a medical discharge, yeah. um, so his hand was forced, and um, and I was getting ready to leave anyway. Mm. And we were speaking about it. Well, what the fuck are we going? You know, and I knew he wouldn't survive on his own outside, so yeah. I had to Just <laughs> I had to leave with him. <laughs> Not at all. It's the other way around. Yeah. Um, so we started talking about well, what 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 could we do? And the natural transition for most of the guys with our skill set is fucking private security. Yeah, that's right. And it just didn't float my boat. Okay. It just, oh, I was a bit, oh, really? Yeah. Fucking like a jumped up bag carrier yeah. for somebody? Some yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. oh, fuck, I can I do that? Yeah. Probably not. But while we were jumping, we were always been afforded the best kit and equipment in Special Force. Yeah. Always, you know, budgets, high budgets, had all, all the Gucci kit and clothing. And mm. I remember doing a parachute jump and uh, actually I had a fucking malfunction at the time. So, you know, I'd um, 
jumping on oxygen at night, high up, full mission profile. So a full mission profile jump is as you would jump for real, you yeah. know, but it's training. Yeah. Uh, so I had my sniper rifle fucking strapped down me, all my kit and equipment and on yeah. the back of the fucking thing, looking forward. And then it's a weird feeling as yeah. well, looking around like, is, is everybody else actually fucking doing this? Yeah. <laughs> then you feel like you can't, yeah. not, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know. But I remember jumping out, having a really bad exit and probably my fucking fault, yeah. shit position. Yeah. And... Um, Looking up and the parachute just no, just like a bag of washing and and going oh fuck oh. fuck no, uh, uh, but this and I had twists all up my risers on so I'm going through the processes to get out of these twists and kicking and and I'm just looking above checking the canopy like that is sort of opening half of it opens and another little half and the lines are over and and in I know dark. in my head yeah and I know and I'm thinking oh my, because of the like the violence of, of the exit and, yeah. and um, it ripped my comms piece out. It ripped my, my mask had come off for yeah. 18,000 feet. I'm yeah. <laughs> trying yeah. to get the mask back on and looking at that. And it was, I had a comical moment of probably 10 seconds of just stopping and going, fuck, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Get a grip, sort yourself out. And then we can, we can deal with the problem. And I started doing this and next day I went into violent turns. And I remember at the time as well, with the fucking sort of jacket I was wearing blew up from the blew up. It, it, the zips went as yeah. well. And it, it was just calamity. Yeah. Do you know when yeah, something yeah, goes yeah, wrong? Yeah. It snowballs. Yeah. Like, fucking jacket. What the fuck? This was all flapping in my yeah. face. And then I was fuck's sake. And I had to cut away. I had to get in, onto my reserve. And so I went through that process of, Oh, like wow. What is moment. that feeling like knowing that it's all getting tangled up? Well, like, are you thinking my, my life is a lot of flashing in front of me, or you know you're the I reserve, had time or? to think as well. Okay. Sometimes things happen quickly, and you don't get a time to react. It's just an autonomous reaction. Yeah, and then afterwards you go, "Oh fucking hell!" Yeah, I had time to think. Yeah. I had about fucking 10, 15 seconds of all the stuff going through, and <laughs> oh, I'm in a fucking world of pain here. And, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. and you're cutting away from a, a, a you know a parachute and you know that you've got your reserve, yeah. but if it doesn't pop for any reason, you're fucked. You're really fucked. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah, you're proper yeah, yeah. fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went through that system, <laughs> fell off, and sort of went in a moment of free fall and then felt the reserve come out and fucking checked up and, yeah. and everything was fucking, yeah. everything was sweet and sort of, remember floating down and then had one of the best, oddly enough, and yeah, had one of the best landings I'll ever yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Floated <laughs> in like tiptoes, like, oh, <laughs> fucking irony but I'm yeah I'm about 600 metres away yeah. from everybody else now yeah. but um, yeah having a moment just sort of sat on the bag like what the fuck and uh, yeah. yeah that was it yeah these things yeah. always happen there's mm. all this sort of sort of stuff going on but when we were in America jumping and remember we were pull, always pulling out the kit and equipment and go why the fuck have they done that and right okay I don't know I don't get that and this is shit and that and you know so we started talking about well Jack and we could fucking make our own brilliant. stuff and brilliant. Uh, probably after a few beers yeah. as well most good plans absolutely absolutely yeah and another thing yeah um, so we we started out with that in mind of well let's fucking really look into it yeah so we were geared up we were leaving we did some private security to fucking line our pockets yep. and to obviously we've got commitments back here so yep. still have to pay for everything else and, and keep the wheels spinning so we just cherry pick work like for the nfl we did the super bowl stuff we did uh nba london oh, cool, uh, quite well paid jobs yeah. easy you know still surrounded around in that bubble of ex yeah. guys yeah. special forces so you're yeah. still getting that kind of that 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 cloak of camaraderie, yeah, boys, exactly. boys on tour, yeah, yeah. So we had all that, and we did that for a few months, 
Um, and then during that time, we'd be going away and Louis got, you know, got his balls in his hand and went out to fucking China at the time, which was on the red list, uh, mm. not because of the Rona, but mm. because of being in the military, there's certain places you can't travel as SF and things. And he just kind of went under the radar, went to the one of the biggest um, um, clothing manufacturing conventions in Guangzhou. It was fucking huge. Yeah, imagine, I yeah. remember running around, ringing me, FaceTiming me. I've got the business cards, yeah, just fucking, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just fucking yeah. wild, mate. Yeah. You know, and you go through all that process. And you've been through it as well. Absolutely. And, and then, and then off we went. That's we, the fun, fucking mate. That's yeah. the fun. That's the fun yeah, bit, mate. mate. At the time, it doesn't feel working like. you're in the trenches. The fun, yeah, yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. But you, you know, you're in the trenches, and we've had. I feel like now we're sort of four coming year four. And we're feel finally feel like we're out of the trenches, but those first fucking four years, yeah. you are f you're getting stuck in, mm. especially if you haven't been involved in business before. <laughs> oh, mate, all angles. You come yeah. straight in as a thirty-two-year-old, mm. saying, "Right, I'm going to start a business." Yeah, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to be the best because everything yeah. you seem to do, which I'm sensing here, you have to be the best. Mm. And I'm, I know that through dark is that that's the go. But just explain to the listeners here what actually sort of clothing through dark is. I see you got all the club on at the moment. Yeah, it's lovely. So thanks, mate. We've um, the idea was, and and not everybody has to understand your vision or your your purpose at mm. the time. And we found this a bit. We, we were coming up against a few people that were still serving. Like you're doing what clothing, yeah. fashion, what you fucking idiots. You never, yeah. it'll never work. And yeah. and I don't know what it is about British culture, but people just want to see people fail and rise. And it fail. annoys me. Fuck's sake. I want people to do good in I business. Know. I want people yeah. to do well and I'm get the behind them. Go on, mate. Go yeah. for it. If you need some advice, I'm here or mate, whatever. There's enough. It's weird, isn't there's it? There's enough in this world for everybody to have yeah. a fucking good time yeah, and enough and enough fucking you know to party. Yeah. And we, the idea is it's high performance outdoor clothing, you know, uh, but it's technical, it's made really well yep. and, and looks cool. Yep. So for us, it was what can we pull across from our heritage and, and special forces and everything that we've learned? You know, we had the credibility. We knew it. Yep. A lot of brands start and they're, they're scratching around trying to create a story. And we knew we had a solid story. We knew we had credibility and authenticity yeah, yeah. you know we knew that we we'd, we'd done it all we'd yeah. walk the walk we'd talk the talk yeah. we'd across all and different some. platforms yeah. you know from water to mountain yeah. to air we you know we had that covered so it was a case of well, what we need to do now is design the clothing that we want yeah how we want it to look and function we can test it ourselves as yeah. well which is quite unique yeah. um and you know condensing sort of four out four years here but at the time leaving we didn't have any social media presence mm. Um, because we were serving mm. special forces, mm. so trying to get a, a bit. Of, Louis was kind of really dealing with the um, the epic part, the the manufacturing yeah. and the samples, and which is the biggest ball lake. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. To get and, it right, and we were we were drawing down our ideas, and this is what we want this jacket to do, be called, and and this is its function, and let's make it look like this. And yeah. Louis was drawing on his iPad, and yeah. then we'd get off, send it off to a designer, they design yeah. it, mock it up, then we'd fly over to Italy, sit down with the pattern cutters, um, go through the sample process that would take time get it back try it take yeah. it out run it around the hills yeah. try and destroy it yeah. bring it back tweak that change that yeah. that material's not right zips buttons yeah. but we were doing that trims everything packaging business yeah. running the day-to-day -day business yeah. as well which you know is fucking mm -hmm. difficult everything mm -hmm. from the boring stuff mm -hmm. the accounts you've got to know everything the bills yeah it's your business you need to know everything all yeah. the way through yeah. but i think I wouldn't. You wouldn't want to do it any other way. Imagine coming into a business that's handed to you four no. years in. That's that's now successful and doing well. No. All you can do is market it and sell it. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was dealing with the like the meeting stuff, the elbow tickling, the, the uh, social media side of things, yeah. customer facing yeah. stuff, and uh, and everything else as well. So, but we we kind of had our own swim lanes, and we naturally 
sort of fell into those lanes. Yeah. Uh, but we'd obviously always have crossover and, and sight of what each other was doing. We'd, yeah. we'd just be checking each other off. Yeah. And with a new business and with minimum staff comes the positives of being able to react very quickly. Yeah, very nimble. Nimble. Yeah. Very quickly you can make a decision, yeah, bosh, mate. and you're off. Yeah. If that's not working, pull it back, yeah. go. You can yeah. manoeuvre very quickly. Loads of rabbit holes, come back, let's try yeah. that, let's try that. This is the fun bit. It's the fun bit. It's yeah, like a mate. speedboat. Yeah, you yeah. Yeah. turn yeah. around, whereas yeah. a big machine and a big yeah. boat is... The QE2 takes yeah, two miles to spin Yeah, and you've yeah. got to speak to fucking 20 people yeah. to turn the fucking boat. Yeah. And so I love that. Yeah. And and we loved being out. It was, it was more of a, a lifestyle brand for us, an aspirational brand that we could go, we're piling in all of our creativity, all of our authenticity, yeah. and we're we are testing and developing the clothing ourselves and yeah. people could see that all over social. So we started putting it all over socials yeah. and videos and guys going, who the fuck are these? What yeah. are they, who are these people? And and looking back, we knew at the time the product was good, but it wasn't where we wanted it to be. Yeah. But it's that Kaizen approach. We're always, and still now we're yeah. always, always small incremental changes. I tweak that, change that. And right now this is a long product that we've had for three years. Yeah. What would we change? Right, now we can tweak it. Now yeah. we found a better material or yeah. now we found this and, mm. you know, a better a better factory to do that. And, mm. you know, so there's, you go for all these processes as well. And don't get me wrong. It's been, it's a we've learned a lot. It's Re a different Retail world. is a difficult business. Yeah. Mate, you're on a fantastic journey that I can see. How, uh, moving moving on now, you were uh, on TV on uh, He Who Dares, mm. SAS. Yeah. He Who Dares, no, that's, He Who Dares, Rodney. Uh, Rodney's only fools and horses. Who Dares wins. Who Dares wins. Love it. <laughs> what year did you go on to, who dares wins oh, and how important has that been for your personal profile um oh, fucking was it 2019 i went in <laughs> in, in october something like that anyway the, to, to give a bit of context to the, the why i think because the why is important yeah because generally speaking it's not something that we do and it's not we're not used to living in the limelight yeah. or not necessarily fucking throwing the spotlight onto ourselves yeah. it's not natural yeah. and it's quite unbecoming mm. in some aspects in mm. some respects coming from our world mm. where but things are things have changed now the world's different social media is different yeah. you know access to information yeah. is different yeah. i know the lads as well. i know i know foxy yeah. you know ollie i know the lads they're fucking good guys and was it a good experience for you doing it it was mate and that's another reason i wanted to do something and yeah. I, I always want to fucking do and experience yeah. new things yeah. and a lot of the time people don't do this because they're fucking everyone if you ask most people what you're scared of yeah. what failure mm. fear of failure mm. and it's it's not that because yeah. if you break it down a lot of people are just worried about their fucking ego yeah. and they're worried about what other people think about yeah. them we've, we live in this world now where we need so much external validation mm. rather than just going F fucking okay. care what you think yeah. somebody messages you on Instagram okay. who the it fuck are you yeah, see you later. I, yeah. I don't even know you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not in my chimp you're not in my yeah. fucking bubble yeah, yeah. You, I don't care who you are I don't care about your if I'm not ringing you up asking your advice yeah. don't give me your fucking I don't yeah. care yeah. and a lot of times it's that it's debilitating for people I don't want to I don't want to mm. put my and especially the more successful you become or, or the more you navigate through life for me you know um, for doing this I was like fucking hell like, there's, there is a risk here there's mm. a risk that I could get injured or fail or not be fit enough yeah. you know I keep myself fit all the time yeah, and for yeah, this yeah. sort of stuff and it's not something I had to train for yeah. but you still have that thing, that little fucking chimp in the back of your brain yeah. going, you fucking, ooh, you good fuck this yeah, up, mate. Yeah, you yeah. fucking... Your like, rip's on the line. Fucking <laughs> hell. You know what I mean? But so you get that, you understand that. Yeah. And you know the risks and, and then you've got to weigh off if, if the rewards are worth it. Is the yeah. juice worth the squeeze? And I thought it was. 
for those reasons, yeah. for Fruidark and for me and for everything else. Yeah. And so I went into there and, uh, oh, I mean, it was the first, I was a mole, wasn't I, for the first how six that, days. How did that feel being a mole? Because that must be completely Worst mole ever. Yeah. Worst mole <laughs> Hiding in plain sight, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Who the fuck's this guy? This case, yeah. Worst cover story. Yeah. But um, it was weird, Did mate. anyone clock you being the mole? Did I anyone in there, few... did they go, God, he, hold on a minute, he's super fit, he's fast. He's, well, he's... Because of the what had happened the year previously with Jay and with the Rona, they had to shoot in the same location. So Jay, Jay Morton, who we yeah. had on, yeah. he was the mole. So he did yeah. it yeah, previously. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you're going into that programme, you're going to think, are they going to do it again? Yeah. So there's always that there. Okay. And yeah, we're yeah, looking yeah, yeah. around and you're sizing people. It's very hard to blend in yeah. when... You know, with no disrespect to people, you know, you've got like an eclectic, shall we say, yeah. to, to remain PC, an eclectic yeah. mix yeah. of um, recruits. Yeah. So what do you do? You go, fucking hell, what's my fucking backstory and, and what's my fucking ailment yeah. or, you know, what's yeah. my fucking yeah. um, backstory? So you have to cover all that stuff. But we're, you know, social chameleons, aren't we? We blend yeah. in and yeah, we do yeah, our yeah, thing yeah. and misdirect, yeah. lie, deny, counter-accuse. Yeah. Fuck, it's not me, it's him, it's yeah. him. He's fucking, I know he is. And so there's a lot, a bit of that going on. But by about day four or five, people are just that fucked. Fuck, I don't care. They're kind of probably Looking just like, you know, I, I don't care, care who the monk care. I'm, I'm in survival <laughs> mode, you know. Um, and if there is, there is. And if there's not, I'm yeah. I think it generally shocked a few people, mm. you know, from the reaction that we, that I saw and we saw backstage and everything, and yeah. the way they were talking after, which didn't necessarily get shown on TV. Yeah. It did shock a few people. A few people were kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah all right. I'm yeah. not that surprised, actually. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. looking back, yeah, okay. You know, but I found it hard trying to, you know, again, uh, blend in or, because or, I had that, you don't want to look like a twat. Yeah. You don't want to look like a fucking idiot yeah. on TV. Yeah. So there was a bit of that. But I enjoyed the experience, yeah, mate. And I'm, and I'm fucking glad I did it. For whatever, rightly or wrongly, it's the I'm right glad I experienced it. right thing to do what you've done. Yeah. And you nailed it. Stairs, are you happy? Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm not just happy. I, we all forget sometimes, don't we, to practice gratitude. Yes. And it's something that I have to consciously do. Same. I have to fucking step back from the fire yeah. and check myself sometimes because there's days we're all fucking human. There's yeah. days where you wake up and you're not motivated, mm -hmm. you know, but that's when you replace motivated for disciplined mm -hmm. and you still go through the process. That's mm -hmm. the difference between people. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to work out today. I feel shit. I didn't yeah. sleep well. I fucking whatever. Yeah. Fill in the blank. But having that discipline and remaining disciplined and, and, and still going through that process, whether it's training, whether it's a meeting, whether it's, you know, giving yourself that time to think, yeah. um, Happiness for me is not something that you feel continually, I don't think. Mm. I think we're human. I think we go through fucking snakes and ladders, swings yeah. and roundabouts. Yeah. We There's moments, there's days where you're quick to anger, mm. but then you recognise it. It's the chimp mm. that gets involved and you've got, fucking, you've got to check it. Yeah. And then there's moments where you're frustrated yeah. and you're fucking, why can't I just fucking do this? And yeah. why don't they just, ah, you yeah. know? Um, so in those moments, you're not happy mm. because you're being pulled in that direction and then you bring it back to the moment you bring you? it back in the moment and I'm I'm not like I said I'm not an, I'm not a worrier I'm not a massive overthinker mm. and I'm kind of a fucking chicken bones throwing where they land where they fucking yeah, land yeah. and you know you do and I've said about luck and everything else and you know you do make your own luck you have to with hard graft fucking comes, right and yeah. hard graft with mm. a, a little bit of spice of fucking optimism and hard graft yeah I think so over a matter of time brings luck and you, yeah, you know, um, opportunity, you know, it's when, yeah, look, yeah. hard work meets opportunity, isn't yeah. it? But I think there's just moments of of life 
and we all get caught up in it, don't we? Mm. And sometimes it is good to, to, to do something or to take yourself away from that situation. But for me, practicing gratitude is a big one. So, and I just go, right, fucking look at you. What you am fucking, I grateful what, for? Yeah, what Simple am I fucking thing. grateful for? Lovely here? missus, lovely yeah. kid, lovely family, nice food, yeah. good set of pals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it all just works, doesn't it? And it's, it, has to, it, can't, it doesn't have to be... Super complicated. Yeah, I agree. It's fucking simple, you know. And strip all the other shit away, and the your cars, and your fucking this yeah. and that, and the newest phone. It yeah. doesn't the really fucking matter. I work hard on trying to simplify my life every day. That's brilliant. Yeah, mate. Stairs. I have absolutely loved this episode, mate. Yeah, good, mate. A good. couple of hours, me and you, headphones. That's what it is. Talk, yeah, it's talking. <laughs> Amazing, mate. You've had one eventful life and uh, a proper man. Mate, I really do appreciate you. you coming on, Stairs. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Stairs. Wicked. Good man. Legend. Take care, Cheers, mate. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Cheers.